Hey, what's up, listener? Thank you for pressing play this week on the Jock and Nerd podcast. It's the latest entry into our series called What the Fuck Happened, where we take a look at a comic book bomb of a movie and try to figure out what the fuck happened. This time, we're going all the way back to 1987 to marvel at Dolph Lundgren's amazing mullet in Masters of the Universe. Wowie zowie! Joining us and doing all the hard work is the ginger geek Matt Dalhauer, and in a first for the series, also joining us is special guest Adam Morris, who is a huge fan of He-Man and literally requested us to shit on his childhood. No problem. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, July 26th, 2018. Check. Check one. That's right. What's up? Hello and welcome, listener, to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, your weekly geekly, giving you comic book and superhero TV and movie news reviews and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd. My name is Imran. My name is Rugboy. He's the Rugboy. And he's the nerd. We are sans jock this episode, but we have an all-star lineup uh, of a pair of great individuals, friends of the show, they're listeners, they're patrons, and they are contributors. Uh, of course, we've seen the title. This is our latest edition of the What the Fuck Happened series, where we take a comic book bomb of a movie and figure out what the fuck happened. And we can't do it without our our leader, our creator, the guy who gave birth to this thing, uh, host of the Ginger Geek Pod, the Ginger Geek himself. It's Matt Delhauer. What's up, Maddie? Uh, thank you for referring to me as your leader. I have been waiting to reveal that this was a cult the whole time. I knew it. Uh, I- <laughs> you figured it out, but you already paid. Um, and I already bought the tracksuits. Yeah, I watched that Waco documentary with uh, what's his face, and I was like, "This feels really similar to something." <laughs> Can't put my finger on it. Now your thetan levels are a little low, Imran. So I'm what sorry, we're gonna have to do. <laughs> When's that spaceship supposed to show up? Uh, also joining us in a very rare special event for a "What the Fuck Happened" movie, we have the official science guy of the jock and nerd podcast uh the the doctor comes before his name and phd comes after his name of course it's adam morris what's up prince adam by the power of grayskull i'm oh. very excited to be here oh shit. there you go way I'm to kick somebody's it off. excited to be doing <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. forgot the movie that we do it we're doing this today and i didn't I'm watch pumped. the movie yeah, me too. You don't need to so, watch the movie. That is the beauty of what we do here. Now, look, for the new listener, check out the website. The show notes are very important. Jockinner.com slash 232, where it's got links to everything we're going to talk about. Links how to subscribe to the show so you never miss a show. And uh, sometimes there's YouTube videos. Sometimes there's images in there that we refer to. You definitely want to check out the website. Delhauer, how about a quick origin of what the fuck happened? What is this series? Uh, and this is the ninth one. Congratulations to us all. Uh, before we get started, I want you to tell the new listener what they can expect. Okay. Uh, dear listener, 
Um, I am subjected to watching a terrible movie based on a comic book. Uh, I then have to take notes on it, which means I have to pay attention. I then have to also look into the background and do research about how the movie was made, why, and figure out why it was so bad. Hence being called What the Fuck Happened. We've been doing it for about two, three years, almost three years now. Holy shit. Forever. Yeah, I know. (laughs) The ninth time we've put you through this torture. And with that, let's just fucking kick it off. The Jock and Ned. God bless you, Delacarte. <laughs> Thanks for taking all this torture and the bullet. Uh, we are going to be recapping and figuring out Masters of the Universe from 1987. Do I need to give a spoiler alert for this movie? Hit it anyway. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, it's fun. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. You never know. Yeah, you all die. Dis- they, uh, I have to disclaimer everything now. Spoilers. So spoilers. I feel I feel like the post credit scene is really the only spoiler in this entire movie. Oh, that, that's a good point. They and, wanted uh, a sequel and they never got it. And I didn't know there was one. Me neither until I looked this up. Oh, we'll get into that. All uh, right. Does anybody remember how do we pick this movie? This is where Adam Morris comes in, I believe. Yeah, I think I think since the moment that I met you guys and I heard the first "What the fuck happened?" I've, I was petitioning very hard at both Delhauer and at you guys to do this because it's a pretty unique and ridiculous film. So. And it was it was such a weird reasoning that you you came forward and you said, "I want you to do what the fuck happened to Masters of the Universe because I love the movie." <laughs> I know. Oh shit! So this is a very weird, awkward position. You willingly watch this movie. Listen, it, more than once. Love it, this movie. <laughs> this was whatever. We can get into it in a second, but like it, it was the tail end of like my early childhood. So this right. like encapsulated yeah. a lot of things that really shaped my young life. You know, so I I know it's bad, but it's still I, I forced myself into the point where I have to say it's that I like it. It's not the worst it. movie if you're looking at '80s movies. No, you know, absolutely. It's, we it's, did Howard the Duck. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so well, there are some depths that we have gone through. Now, to get things started, to get everyone in the mood, uh, I'm not going to play the bullshit uh, soundtrack from the movie. All respect to Bill Conti. I'm sure he's a great guy and a great composer, but the it was fucking lame. There's only one way to get everyone in the mood for this, and it's like this. And I'm playing the whole fucking thing because Anthony's not here. <laughs> the masters of the universe. I am Adam, Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, by the power of Grayskull. Mighty Battle Cat, and I became He Man, the most powerful man in the universe. And then he punches the audience. Yes, he punches it right in the face. Yes, he does. Our friends. Why would he do that? He just smacks you like a bitch. This entire thing just goes to show how fucking stupid they thought kids were in the 80s. Hey, hey, easy. (laughs) I'm not saying kids were stupid. I'm saying they thought you were stupid. uh, Look, I don't know about you guys, but I am eight years old with a bowl of cereal sitting three inches from the television, which is, if you ask my mom why I have glasses to this day. (laughs) But wow, like that's got to take you back. Now, here's why. 
this is awkward because traditionally when we're editing, when I'm editing back one of these what the fuck happens where we're just destroying this movie, I'm like, you know what? This is somebody's favorite movie that's listening and we are just shitting all over it and now that person is here with us. This is why it's awkward. <laughs> How much do you love He-Man, Adam Morris? Like, like I said, it, it, it shaped like the early part of my childhood. I was born in 1980, so it was right around the time they conceptualized this entire thing, right? So I was three, four years old when the action figures really hit, and like like you were saying, Saturday morning cartoons, they were just bombarded us with these commercials for these toys, and then the Filmation cartoon was out, and yeah, I mean, my my love for it grew like exponentially, and uh, in 1984, I got that Christmas, I still remember that Christmas because it was the first one I can remember, but I, I got Castle Grayskull I got you got the, the Grayskull playset, Lucky. I got the two pack that had He Man and Battle Cat in it. Oh, somebody um, had rich parents. No, I, shit. I, no, no. My <laughs> my parents were teenagers. They just saved up for this. And oh, that's right. That's they, right. They knew that uh, there was no you know holding me off of this. And then that same year, my cousin got all the bad guys and Snake Mountain. So he was a couple years younger than me. So when we met up, like we had everything, and it just became like a huge part of my life for a few years there. Yeah. And, sh- and shout out to my cousin Bob and my little nephew Jack who love uh who love He-Man as well. But uh honestly, it uh it was the first thing that I became obsessed with where I was like I have to have these toys. I have to know the stories, you know? Yeah. Kids still love He-Man today. <laughs> like, what what's your uh, He-Man fandom? Well, uh I'm a little bit older than uh did Adam here. Yeah. You know, uh like 3 or 4 years older. So um basically by the time um, the toys came out, I was like, you know, like five or whatever or something like that. And I remember that they came with comic books. Oh. Yeah. Like there was a figures comic came with first. comics. Yep, and, yep. The, and the comics were like, and I could like not read the comics, but I could kind of tell what was going on by looking at the illustrations. And yeah, then, yeah. you know, I asked a friend to like read it to me or whatever, or my aunt or whatever. So, um, I remember the comics before the cartoon and it being like kind of like really badass and like cool. The comics yeah. were the comics were totally different and very different. very yep, very yep. very much cooler. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a lot darker and then they changed the story. Delhauer, what's your history with the He-Man? I don't have one. I was born in 89. Oh, snap. Oh, shit. So like no connection to this at all. Had you seen this movie before? No. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, this well, got to be thing is, great. Like, look, <laughs> when I was a kid, we had GI Joes. Yeah. Yep. We had the Mego action figures. Then they started coming out with some of the Kenner figures and Star Wars and stuff. Yep. Which were small figures. These yep. were like big fucking figures. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Totally set them apart. Yeah. Yeah. They were ripped. I mean, He-Man was jacked. There was never a figure that was jacked like the Hulk. Like, even the Hulk figures were not that jacked. Yeah. Now, yeah I remember, um, you know, Adam Adam had in his notes talking about the uh, the episode of the, the Netflix um, series, uh, The Toys That Made Us. Yes. That talks about the He-Man figures and them talking specifically about the size of the figures being part of the selling point. Point, is yep, they were like, like we yep. want these things to stand out against yeah. anything that's on the shelf. Just make them huge. You know, so, what, pissed, yeah. you know what pissed me off though, and again, it's, it, they actually mentioned it in that episode, is that when I got that Castle Grayskull set, I had the very first one, and the fucking figures did not fit through the stupid door right. of the castle. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, and they mentioned it in that episode. They didn't make it big enough. They're like, oh fuck, we made these things too big. I'm so. I all I had was Battle Damage He Man and Trap Jaw, and I wanted that I had, fucking Grayskull. I had a fuckload of toys. I think I had everything, pretty much. Yeah, I, pa- um, I passed them off to my younger cousins eventually, but I had almost everything. It was, I think it was I had insane. the first 
first wa- the first w- two or three waves of everything of yeah. He Man. Yeah, man, they were they were fucking everywhere. Adam Morris, help me set up this movie. A movie that has a fucking incredible Drew Struzan poster. That I love uh, that poster. A movie that does not deserve this fucking poster. That's no. for sure. <laughs> like if the movie looked like this poster, we wouldn't be here right now. Uh, I don't know what the fuck happened. Show. But, uh, Adam, tell us when this movie came out and uh, some of the creatives behind it. So, yeah, I mean, the, the release date alone was a bit off, right? Because it, it came out in August 7th, 1987. And that was just post, like, the whole He-Man, He-Man craze. Yeah, five um, years after the show aired Because they had already transitioned the He-Man cartoon into She-Ra. Right. Um, which is what turned me off. And as Rugboy said, I, I, I moved over to, like, G.I. Joe and Transformers already because... You know, I lost interest in He-Man when the cartoon wasn't it there. It was so, late in the popularity of the character. That, that cartoon actually killed my interest in He-Man. The uh, actual uh, cartoon yeah. was actually so ridiculous uh, uh, uh. and yeah. so not like that. Because <laughs> yeah. like, think about it. Like at the time, there was Thunder the Barbarian. There was yeah. all these other shows on that were like way more like kind of badass and more like serious or more like less silly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. You know, when I was five or six, I started to realize that, like, yeah, it's the same background every single time they run past this. He man sounds you know? like a little boy when he's Adam for some reason, and that's why everyone moved on to Thundercats. Yeah, Thundercats. Oh, Thundercats is way better by far, by yeah. a million times. The TV show, absolutely, Forget it. absolutely. Actually, the figures, the 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 Thundercats figures are not as cool as the He Man figures, but they yeah, and the He Man figures were well ahead of their time. I think they, it's one of those so weird things where. Variety. Yeah, like the toys for it were so much above everything else because that was the point. Like yeah. They made the toys and then they made the cartoon to sell the toys. Yep. You had a lot of other shows where it was like they made the cartoon to sell the toys, but they didn't have the toys until the cartoon was out. Everything else was an afterthought after, after the toy. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, back to the release. So like it was, so it was directed by this guy named Gary Goddard, whose name you don't recognize because mm. he's never directed anything else. Nope. Um, One and done, my friend. He was a Broadway director and a theme park designer. So he designed like those early immersive theme park kind oh, of rides where you where yeah. you sit there and there'd be like the you know the, the screen coming up and showing you like uh, like you were going through some kind yeah, of ride. Yeah. Huh. Um, but he had never directed a movie, so I think that tells you a little bit about where yeah. the where Canon Films was at at the time. Well, I mean, right. let's um, be honest. Yeah. If you hit perfection your first time, why try again? He's like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. I'm, I'm never going to do better than he met Masters of the Universe. And another another <laughs> indicator that maybe this wasn't going to be the best was that. The same writer, David O'Dell, who wrote Supergirl, ah. which is well, again one of the most famously horrible movies of the '80s that crushed part of my childhood. Yeah, but, we'll be there some point. I, yeah, I think we're gonna have to get there because I've never seen also, that movie. Did, but he did also write The Dark Crystal, which oh, that's is a, a pretty good badass yeah. movie. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but oh, you mean when Jim Henson was like doing a bunch of drugs and like doing what no one else told him to? Oh, there was a lot of cocaine <laughs> in that movie. I'm sure. Yeah, I definitely think that movie was fueled by drugs. You guys Absolutely. think I can only make Muppets? I'll fucking show you. I'll show everybody. First, I'm going to rearrange this room, and then I'll show you. <laughs> and puppets were doing drugs on the set of that movie. That's what I heard. Uh, yeah, that's what the <laughs> rumor is. Yeah. And then the next piece of the puzzle is the fact that you had these guys, Yoram Globus, Globus. and, and Menahem Golan, who f- sound like. Supervillains in and of themselves. <laughs> Globus right? and Golan. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, those are absolutely henchmen to somebody. Yeah. Um, and they were the notoriously stingy producers. Like they they 
they just made movies rapid fire as yeah. fast as they could and did it on as little budget as they could. But for this one, they obviously saw some potential because they put more money into it than Superman, uh, Superman four. Well, Canon, you got to mention the listeners going to be familiar with the Canon who always made the low budget. They fucked up Superman four. They were going to make Spider-Man at one point and that thing fell through and I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah. Thank God that didn't happen. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been nightmare. <laughs> they, but there's yeah. a documentary on them. I forgot what it's called, but it, it there is a documentary on the Canon group. On the Canon group. I bet it's fast. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> How much pretty, does this movie cost and what did it make? So initially the budget was 17 million. Then somewhere in production, they decided they needed another five mil. So they dumped that in there. So the total budget ended up at 22 million. Okay. For, but as we'll get into the, the what the fuck happened part, that became an issue. But uh, the total box office was just over 17 million. Oh my ah. God. They didn't even make their money back. And I mean, at the time, given again, even the, the residual kind of hype, but that is just a horrible, horrible take. And uh, the runtime of the movie, too, is quite short, given you know the hype around it. It's only 106 minutes long. So, um, but yeah, it it you know they didn't they didn't put enough money into it to make a a movie set on a foreign. I mean, world. this is a, the definition of a commercial box office failure right here. Like you don't need any. I think they should have risked it and went low but low budget and um, done the whole thing in Eternia. Yeah, I mean, I they should have yeah, done it. as we'll get into, a lot of it yeah. was there. Uh, so, most notably, starring Dolph Lundgren, fresh off Rocky Five or Four. four sorry, how uh, dare you? And how bef- dare you say Rocky Five <laughs> on this five. podcast? Sorry, Rocky Four. Uh, and before he was the Punisher in '89, and he has amazing golden wispy mullet hair. His hair is just amazing in this movie. And and I think that's Rocky- got to be a wig, right? Is it? No, no. Wow. I, think that, I think that's fully his legit hair at the time. Oh, his hair is still luxurious, oh. dude. It, dude, it was it was it was eighty seven. The wispy yeah. mullet was the then, thing. No, the worst part was the fact that his hair looked like a wig. <laughs> <laughs> so but, yellow. But Rocky Four definitely warmed him up to being like baby oiled for the entire movie. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like he's <laughs> he was very shiny. Also, we have a twenty three year old Courtney Cox in this movie playing the female Julie Winston. Uh, and she's just adorable. Uh, you know, friends hasn't beaten her down yet. She's full of hope. She looks like a little anime character. And uh, famously, Frank Langella as Skeletor, who is just fucking kind of chewing the scenery and everything. Uh, he was in Superman Returns? I forgot that he was. Yeah, he was Perry White. Oh, shit. He oh, was. that's right. He was. And he was in Darkman. He was the bad guy in Darkman. I always remember yeah. him from that. I don't remember the scenes when they're at the Daily Planet and he's just sitting there screaming, bring me He-Man. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> bring me the Sonic I don't Christ remember though. Superman Returns. It's so foggy in my memory. <laughs> We're still four parsecs away from Moonrise. <laughs> oh, shit. How many chromons till this movie's over is what I kept asking myself. Uh, well, I, was, I love that. Okay. So we are at that point. We're going to start with the recap of before. I do. I'm going to tell a listener if you want to get in touch with the show, send us your memories of Masters of the Universe. Just visit our contact page on the website, jogginer.com slash contact, or you'll find our Twitter page, our Facebook page, and the awesome Facebook group, Jogging Nerd Nation. What's up, Nation? Jogging Nerd. Represent. It's a closed group for our listeners. Welcome this week, listeners, Patrick, Stephen, and Keithan Denkinger, which is a great name, Mr. Denkinger. Thanks for finding the show. Thanks for joining the group. Uh, also, uh, for Ruggs' um, knowledge, Electric Boogaloo, the wild untold story of canon films. Oh, that's that's documentary. That, oh, check that's that right. out. Ooh, I will put a link in the show notes to that. That sounds amazing. Now, here you go. Uh, here's going to be your audio cue to get the recap started, Dalhauer. Well, I watched a little couple of He-Man episodes uh, last night, 
and every like every scene transition, uh, you get this. So you, you may be hearing that every time the scene changes. Awesome. And <laughs> lights go out in the theater and the curtains up, Del Hauer. Okay, so our film begins by fading in on a shot of Castle Grayskull on the planet Eternia. Uh, at which point we are subjected to a voiceover that is trying to explain to us everything that is Eternia, He-Man, Skeletor, Grayskull, the power, the sorceress, etc. The entire concept that is everything that this movie is based on is attempting to be told to us in about a minute and a half. Uh, it doesn't do that great a job. Uh, we then immediately come into the throne room as... Uh, Skeletor has taken over uh, Castle Grayskull and is commenting that he has taken the sorceress prisoner and now all they have to do is capture He-Man and his sword so that he can get the power of Grayskull and become a master of the universe. Problem is, is that He-Man is apparently leading a resistance group on the planet that consists of him, Man-at-Arms, and Tila, and that is it. <laughs> They don't show us any of that war, like the the whole lead up to this, you know, like there's a huge war. And then two people show up to back it up. This is such an 80s thing as well, because this is exactly like Terminator, how we find out that all of the stuff going on in the future war with Kyle Reese is like it already happened and it's over. Like we blew up Skynet. We won or at least we thought we won. It's like, well, show me that. Show me the war you were in. Show me you blowing up Skynet. Oh, you don't have that money. All right. I get it. All this cool stuff we just told you about, we're not showing you any of it. And also, our first look at fan-favorite characters from the cartoon who look nothing at all like their cartoon counterparts. It was very, very disappointing. Uh, Evil Lynn was pretty good, I gotta say. That okay, e yeah, Evil Lynn is good, but I, like as far as man-at-arms, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, don't I, like I have to say, though, I think I'm a really big Old fan. Old man-at-arms. Yeah. Yeah. I'm man a really big fan of, of Tila having her weird alien backwards visor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I always I thought that Tila kind of looked like Matthew Fox. <laughs> oh shit. Oh shit. Oh, yeah, my God, she's yeah. a pretty girl. Looks like maybe a sister, Matthew Kelsey Fox. Field. Never had some beautifully teased hair though. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to see that Aquanet made its way all the way to Eternia. <laughs> the, the way this movie opens, though, you're just looking at a legit like concept drawing. It's a matte yeah. painting. It's, it's a, a fucking painting. It's not even Ew. a ma it's not even a matte painting that's convincing you that it's real. It's right. just like it looks like concept art. Yeah. And as far as we can tell, Eternia consists of three sets. Yeah. But yeah. it is the interior of the throne room, yeah. which they obviously blew half the budget on. <laughs> There is the random, like, rock quarry, like, uh, just, like, hallway? Tatooine. It looks like yeah, Tatooine. Yeah, Tatooine yeah. set that they're on when they, they decide to, to, to jump the, the black stormtroopers who are stealing, um, oh, fuck, what's his name? Guado? Gwildor. 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 There yeah. you go. Yeah. I am never going to say his name right. It's fine. <laughs> He's great. Orko. Um, and, yep. uh, and then you have also Gwildor's, like, hut, which is very obviously just, like, like Ben Kenobi's hut or Yoda's or Yoda's little hut. Yeah. yeah. It's like combina yeah. it's a combination of both. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's it. Like I, so anyway, uh, we, after, after we get the whole exposition of, you know, he needs to, to find He-Man and he needs to stop him. We find He-Man, uh, out in the field, ready to ambush a whole bunch of Skeletor troopers or whatever they're called. 
the shittiest stormtroopers you're ever going to see. What are they called see? in the movie? They're called like the guard or the... I, it was like it, everything had like either Skeletor or something like that in the name to yeah. let you know who they worked for. Right. Yeah. Because the fact that it's all black plastic armor doesn't tell you. Yeah. yeah. All, all I know is that they had to be robots so that He-Man could actually hit them with his sword. And they robots. never mention it. They were all robots, were they? Oh, yeah, they Cause, were. Because Mattel, just... Mattel wouldn't allow him to hit an actual human being with his sword. That's why so. they explode sometimes when they get hit. <laughs> I thought that was just supposed to be the fact that his sword was super powerful. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why did he explode? Okay. They jump these guards, they take them down, and they save Gwildor, the tiny little uh, creature from legend, <laughs> uh, who apparently is a master locksmith and a tinkerer uh, and created the cosmic key. And that's apparently how Skeletor took Castle Grayskull. He just like teleported into it and there was like well now that i'm here i guess i win yeah that's pretty much it um, <laughs> yeah at, at which point he's like but i made a second one because why wouldn't i of course <laughs> and that second one is being hunted by skeletor as well because he knew about it uh and they're all excited because they're like oh with this second cosmic key we could transport ourselves into castle grayskull and take out skeletor right he goes yeah absolutely like great we're gonna use it Oh, wait, we're under attack. Oh, well, that's fine. Just use these secret passages in the back of my hut that lead directly into the throne room of Castle Grayskull. Well, all right, then. It's a little weird. <laughs> and again, given that Skeletor already had Gwildor captive and forced him to give him the key, it would have been a lot easier just to be like, just give me the key to the passageways. Like, what the hell? <laughs> well, even worse is the fact that it's like, well, he took me hostage and I made him a key because my race, like, we totally just trust everybody. Okay. Well, so I made a second sides. one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, he said that oh, she was I don't hot. trust anybody. <laughs> he said that like uh, Evil Lynn was hot. Yeah. He's like she's yes. very beautiful. And yeah. It's it's very very much insinuated that she seduced the key out of him. Oh. <laughs> so they get into the throne room. There's an altercation with a whole bunch of the troopers, and they use their key to escape. But because Gwildor was just punching in keys randomly, they wind up on Earth. And then this is where Howard the Duck starts. So now we get our wonderful fish out of water story of a bunch of aliens on planet Earth, but not before we set up our a plot of Courtney Cox a young high schooler who is apparently moving to New Jersey before the end of her senior year to be there <laughs> because her parents are dead. My parents are dead. I'm going to Jersey. I gotta go to I'm Jersey. Go to- well, why wouldn't she? There's no one there pump. to tell her not to go to Jersey. <laughs> I need to go to the shore and fist pump with Snooki. <laughs> I need but to go like- there. It's everything. Everything about her storyline is just like, I'm so it's sad. Weird. Yeah. I'm going to miss everything out here. Well, then don't move. No, I, I gotta. I want to be well, close to New York, but not that close. <laughs> yeah, it's, all, it's, all, it's also revealed. Yeah, she's moving to glorious New Jersey for her, uh, you know, restart in life. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I agree. It it's absolutely has to be like, well, I could get a job in New York, but like New York prices. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only 17 and not graduating high school. (laughs) I hear Hoboken's nice. Yeah. So uh, she meets up with her boyfriend that she's breaking up with because she's moving to Jersey, played by the dude who would be like one of the leads on Star Trek Voyager in the 90s. That's crazy. 
I didn't put that together until I, again, was doing the research for the show, but that's why I recognize his face. Yeah, well, what's funny is, is that every time I looked at him, I kept seeing Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I thought to myself, did they want Anthony Michael Hall for this movie? Or like an Andrew McCarthy kind of... I was going to say, he looked at me like a budget-level Andrew McCarthy almost. Exactly. Robert Duncan McNeil playing Kevin Corrigan. He is also a producer and director on Chuck. This guy did a lot of shit afterwards. Just did not hurt his career at all. Apparently not. (laughs) I mean, hell, uh, Leah Thompson bounced back from uh, Howard the Duck, so I guess anything's possible, man. That's true. That's true. So she meets up with Kevin and brings him ribs in a bucket for dinner <laughs> and uh, those fried chicken or whatever it was oh no he says he <laughs> it's says both. it's ribs it's both oh, it's, oh. Chicken, it's chicken and ribs oh it's the chicken and ribs combo of course uh, who yeah. wouldn't and I do think they were probably fishing for a, like a Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, sponsorship at this point but and they couldn't get it not get it but yeah, Cannon was clearly. not willing to put out that money <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly He's he's like, oh, well, you know, you, you shouldn't move to New Jersey. And she's like, yeah, but I, I'm gonna. And he's like, eh, OK, are you at least going to come by and see the sound check that I have for my band playing our fucking prom? <laughs> Will you come to my sound check? And she's like, yeah, totally. And sound check apparently is just Kevin. Yeah, I'm starting to think yes. Kevin's the only one in this band. I, was there anybody else in this band? We didn't see them. No. Um, yeah. But before that happens, we then get to see that Kevin was uh, an early live looper is what it was. Nice. Like, nice. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we see that um, uh, the He-Man crew has landed on Earth, apparently just outside of this uh, chicken and rib shack. <laughs> uh, and they are so hungry that they use a grappling gun to steal a bucket of ribs out of someone's car while they are just making out furiously in the parking lot, which leads to an awkward joke of a father telling his daughter that he used to bang her mom in a car. Yeah, ah, ah, ah. I oh, forgot shit. about that. Yeah, I was doing right. that with your mom before you were, or like I think it was something like I was doing that before you were born. It's like I would assume because she had to be born. Um, I still do it. <laughs> At which point we then learn that apparently like everyone on Eternia except for Man at Arms is like viciously vegetarian. Yeah, they're fucking hardcore vegans. It's like what this is flesh. Ew. And here's I, here's I, f- I have to find the note that I wrote about it because I loved I loved this concept entirely. She comments, what a barbaric world at the idea of eating ribs. The alien gorilla fighter who just escaped a war torn hellscape <laughs> has decided that Earth is barbaric because we eat meat. That's where she's <laughs> drawing the line. Yeah. Honestly, there must have been some overlying vegetarian thing again in the filmmaker or something, because before that as well, they turned around and there's just like a cow in the woods. Right, like when mm-hmm. they're when right, they're right, right, and he's trying to talk to it. And yeah, yeah Gwildor's trying to talk to the cow. Like it's just again, there's no, I don't know. What yeah, is? Yeah, why? What is? Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen a wild cow in the forest? No, <laughs> and this absolutely just reeks. in India. They're just everywhere. <laughs> this absolutely just reeks of somebody was like. This is going to be hilarious. <laughs> and then as it plays out, you realize this is not fucking no, hilarious. It's not good at all. And that was that was basically like Gwildor's whole thing was like he's the comedic relief, but because he's the weird fucking puppet guy, none of it's funny. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> oh. What are you trying to say, Delhauer? Fighting words. It's taken me this long to finally say it, Rugs. <laughs> but I love you. <laughs> um back on Eternia, uh <laughs> Skeletor is very upset that He-Man just went somewhere. 
<laughs> and he needs him because he apparently needs his sword. Now, here's the thing. I keep talking about the fact that he needs He-Man's sword to gain the power of uh, Eternia and the universe. Yeah. yeah. This is never once spoken of in the film. No, yeah. it's and not. Never. And it's not how he gets the power in the end. <laughs> yeah. They never mention That's a good point. the fact that he needs He-Man alive. The yep, only thing yep. that we find out is He-Man needs to get back to Eternia before Moonrise to save the sorceress, at right. which point she's going to lose all of her power. Yeah. Skeletor just keeps saying he needs He-Man back alive, but won't say why. Until like an, a half hour later. When he then says, well, I need him alive because I need everyone on the planet to watch him like bow down to me. So that way they will actually follow me and he won't be a martyr for their cause. Kneel before Zod. Exactly. Little kneel before Zod right there. Yep. But initially we keep being told, no, I need him alive. And all I can think is, why? Like with him gone, you rule the planet. What the hell? What what are you upset about? Yeah. You won. Presumably the sorceress is the one that holds the power, not him. Yeah. so yeah, and no. it's it's like they 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 fucked off to a different universe. You don't know where he is, but you know what? You probably have a pretty good idea that he doesn't know how to get back. Yeah, it's yeah, wide open. Alone. So yeah. like, screw it. Why don't you just party for a while, and then when he bad shows up, then kill him. Yeah, and he'd be and he'd be all cocaine and like drug addled from being yeah. hanging out in the earth in the eighties, like you know. Yeah. He, yeah. Come back he was as in a he was in what I assume is California too. So like, yeah. he is right on heroin highway. Yeah. <laughs> Meat, meat, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, gonna be all fat from the gristle. Yeah, <laughs> all the ribs and chicken and shit. <laughs> uh, so as we come back to Earth, they go to visit her dead parents' grave. Oh, that's right. Because in a bit of ADR, as they're leaving the chicken joint, she says, "I want to visit my parents' grave and say goodbye to them." And you go, "Oh, your parents are dead." Yeah, hmm, that's interesting. It's not interesting. <laughs> they go to the grave. There's even more ADR about, I never told anybody this, but it's my fault they're dead. At which point, if I was Kevin, I'd be like, why would you kill them? <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit, you, you killed them? And it all, it all comes down to like, well, they wanted to go to the beach, but I didn't want to go because I wanted to study that day. So that way I could hang out with you at night. So they decided to go fly in my dad's plane and it crashed and they're dead. I mean, it's really so Kevin's essentially, fault. I was yeah. gonna say, essentially, she's saying, it's your fault. It's your my fault. parents are dead. Yeah, that's why I, I, yeah. I leave. I, don't, I want to move to Jersey. Because <laughs> you killed my parents. That's what I thought. I was like, Kevin, you you should feel like shit right now. And so as they're leaving the cemetery, because I guess her berating Kevin in front of her parents' grave was enough of a goodbye. <laughs> they come across the cosmic key. Yeah. In just like a crater in the ground. And Kevin knows exactly what this thing is. It's a Japanese synthesizer <laughs> that fell from the sky because he's smart. He's a musician. Yeah. And so they decide to just fucking take it with them because in the 80s, for all we know, this could be some kind of a Soviet bomb <laughs> that did not go off. But Kevin knows it's Japanese and it's a synthesizer because yeah. it goes wow, wow, wow. Listen to those funky tones. So, so they leave and they go to the high school where they the they have set up the gym for the around the world fantasy dance. 
Good pull. I didn't. I didn't notice that one. Because enchantment under the sea was, was taken. taken. Yeah, yeah. They had an yeah, Eiffel yeah. Tower. They had yeah. leading tower. They had pizza. Yeah, they had, oh, they had yeah. The, the pyramid of Giza. Oh yeah. So he's doing his sound check, and then he decides, you know, what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this thing that I think might be a synthesizer, but now apparently I think isn't, and I'm going to go down to Charlie's music shop and see what he knows. And she's like. Well, I'm going to hang out here and just say goodbye to the high school. It's like, all right, cool. You be depressed. I'll be yeah, back later. I'll be right back. Uh, and he makes sure to let her know, like, don't let anybody but Carl touch our stuff. Who's Carl? Turns out Carl's the janitor. Carl's the janitor that still wears his fucking Letterman jacket. <laughs> and he's in the school at like 7 p.m. at night for some yeah, reason. He just <laughs> hangs out. He is just hanging out in the school by himself. What I was think he Carl doing lives in that here. room? Yeah. There's a dance about to happen. Yeah, he's going to sweep no, it was up. the next day. Yeah, uh, apparently not because it's already dark out and nobody's here. Oh, so, yeah, like, unless the, this dance yeah. is at midnight. The night before. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> at which point, Skeletor gets a reading on the key because Kevin keeps fucking with it. <laughs> And he's like, all right, I'm going to send mercenaries out to go get it. And they include Beast Man and three others I don't remember. Oh, Blade. And then two others I don't remember. <laughs> Yet Saurad. Yes. Saurad, who is, uh, if you remember the comics and the, and the cartoon, he's like. Which I don't. He's the, uh, <laughs> like the Snake Men was it, were, were a, a theme. He was like the reptile. The yeah, like the reptile looking one. And he actually looked pretty cool. Uh, I think the design was surprisingly that was good as, uh, prosthetics for, for this movie. And, they, and if you read, again, if, when you read about it, like they put a lot of effort into that costume, yet Karg. Who Karg lasts, has the worst fucking white uh, hair who lasts costume. A, who lasts a lot longer. And yes. he's, but he looks, they, they modeled him after a bat. But they gave him Tina Turner's Return to Thunderdome haircut. Oh like my god, huge. what is with that hair? Now here's what I have to say. Yeah. Karg's a he? Oh, that's uh, I don't know. That's a good point. I guess it could be a female. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm Well he's well he's got a hook. And only men can have hooks. <laughs> well No, I'm just saying that I don't know. I remember Beastman was pretty hard to masturbate. Blade and Sarad uh, and way. Karg were from the cartoons also. I don't remember no, them. No, Sarad and Karg were not, but they again, were not. Saurad seems like again they tried to make a snake men. Right, right, uh, right. Okay. It feels was, like they were making a reference to Snake Mountain, I guess. Well well, there was a character called King Hiss, and he had a whole like race of snake people that followed him in the comic. And uh, sorry, in the cartoon. Yeah. Um, All right. So again, it was it, to me it, it hit home a little bit, but Beastman was cool. I, he I mean, was interesting, but then like Skeletor blows him up for some reason. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we haven't gotten there. How yeah, dare you? I wish we had a trap jaw or something, but all right, make up some yeah, fucking. Trap, uh, I'm trap. telling you now. The fact that we don't have man e faces, yeah, disappointed. We exactly, no man e faces. Well, no man, man, man e faces was a good guy. But yeah. I, good or bad, not yeah. there. Yeah. Disappointed. There was, but there was so, <laughs> there was so many cool characters they could have pulled from to make triclops. Triclops was yeah. amazing, and again, all that would have been was a green thing around somebody's head. You wouldn't have needed a very big. Uh, yeah. you, you could know, have saved money on the budget that. and maybe had an actual ending. Wasn't there a dude named Ramrod? Was it Ramrod? Uh, Ramman. Ramman. Should have been yeah. Ramrod. That's Which is a better. great, great, great name. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Ramman. Rammy. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Anyway, anyway there was, I there love was, these. I love these so because they're so obviously <laughs> cobbled together. Yes. <laughs> but there are so many, so many characters they could have pulled from, but for some reason they just made up Let's some make out of nowhere. Let's make up some new shit. And, and it's not like they were easy characters either. Like no. that, that card guy took a huge amount of prosthetics to make. You know, like trap jaw would have just been a plastic piece glued to somebody's face. 
I, so. Dude, the one thing that bothered me about the prosthetics, I will say, is like the lips was a, there was a little too much around Gwildor and Karg and Skeletor. Like their mouths weren't closing on words where your lips supposed to close. It was a little well, distracting. The big problem, Imran, is that when you're running on a Canon film budget, you're not exactly, exactly. hiring ILM. Yeah. No, no, you're not. Outside no. of that, it was kind of impressive. Okay, back to the plot. <laughs> so. These mercenaries have been hired by Skeletor to travel to Earth and find the key. They travel to Earth through a portal. They all jump through sideways because that was just the weirdest like, moment. <laughs> when they're all appearing in the hallway sideways walking. Step over like this a, thing. Just like a fucking jazz troupe. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Bob jazz hands coming through this portal. Yeah. They do the moment when they land where they look around to both sides and then yes, move off to the exactly. side. Exactly. You know? <laughs> it's, like, it's so it's, campy. It's beautiful. Like somebody told them, like they were just in front of a green screen and someone told them, okay, you just came through a portal and you don't know where you are. So look every around. one of them did the whole land on the ground, left, right. Yeah, run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so fucking campy. It's kind of great. Uh, and they, they are in the high school, at which point they come across Carl the janitor and they beat the shit out of him. They fuck him right up. Oh, it's <laughs> so bad that they throw him through a door and so he great. flies like 25 feet into the room. <laughs> and they then chase after Courtney Cox. Uh, sorry, Julie. Yeah. Uh, and they blow up the entire dance <laughs> to yes. the point where it lights the high school on fire. <laughs> I felt bad for Kevin's instruments. He told her, don't let anyone in but Carl. Oh, no, Carl came in. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> my, my favorite part about that is right as they enter the room, the one guy says, take him alive. And then, <laughs> and then right away, the one guy out. fires a laser gun at her. <laughs> yes. And then, and then the next guy tries to impale her with two swords, like, it's within seconds. <laughs> yeah. well, what I also love is that one of, or I think it is uh, Karg yes. yells, like, take her alive. She yes. might know where the key is. Yes. At which point, as she's trying to get away, she just keeps screaming, get out of here. Oh, <laughs> like that's gonna work it's like i'm sorry but you don't seem to recognize the severity of the fact that monsters yes alien monsters showed up in high school They're blowing they just, shit up and they just threw a half dead carl through the door like yeah. he landed on the floor in front of her too like, anyway, firing yeah. laser guns <laughs> i love like, i love karg the guy who played karg's overacting where he's just like pointing get her Find her! Stop her! Yeah, like, and he's just overacting and with his go, point. And he, and he has to move his head the whole time because yes. the mouth doesn't move. No, it doesn't move at all. The lips don't move at all. So she goes escaping out the back of the high school into an alleyway or like... I don't know. Was it was it into like an industrial park or something? Yeah, uh, yeah I don't... It was There was a fence. I'm going to a warehouse. I something. watched this bit yeah. on like my lunch break at work today. So I'm <laughs> sitting outside in a park yeah. trying to watch this shit. It's a nighttime scene. Yes. The sun is out. My phone can't focus on anything. <laughs> now, given, given that they're like in, I, I forget what, what little suburb they're supposed to be in, but yeah, they're, it's a very odd transition from the gym of a high school. into so like suddenly a fenced in storage a, area, industrial area. Yeah. yeah. It is. It essentially feels like it's uh, it's the the town that all of the trauma films take place in. Yeah, pretty much. It's just every other like block <laughs> is just another toxic waste dump. It's like neon and smoke and shit. It's great. Um, so she she goes running off into here and she's hiding and they're about to find her until He Man finds her first. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, um. and he and his rogue band of merry mischief makers beat the shit out of them. And he kills a bunch of robots with his sword, and they shoot a bunch of blue lasers at their red lasers, uh, and they win. 
and the uh, and, uh, man or beast man gets beat up a little bit and he goes running off and they're all crying and they leave. And so he's he's talking to Julie, who's having a well due panic attack at this point. Basically tried to explain to her, like, I'm, I'm He-Man. I have, I'm here to help. We're the good guys. <laughs> That's the best I could do at a tough one. Not bad. And so we then follow Kevin as he goes to Charlie's music shop. And he walks in with this cosmic key thing and goes up to Charlie, the owner. And he's like, Charlie, you ever seen one of these things before? And the guy goes, yeah, man, it's Japanese. And Kevin goes, no, it ain't. <laughs> he goes, yeah, man, it's like some kind of synthesizer. Kevin's like, no, it's not. It's like, Kevin, that's exactly what you said it you was. You just said it After was. After you found it in a crater and said it fell from the sky. So don't act like you know more than Charlie, you piece of shit. You came here to talk to him. <laughs> Fucking Kevin. So at which point he's like, well, I don't know, Charlie. If you've seen one, you've seen a million. I guess I'll leave. Why did you come here? Are you haggling with him? I don't yeah. get what's happening. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't even pick up on that. But yeah, he, he, he takes it to him for his expert opinion and then shits and then, on him. And then he shits on him for it. <laughs> he realizes he doesn't know anything else. So he's like, fuck, I'm going to leave. Also, this, also, the friend that runs the shop is like he's the same age as him. And, you know, like there's but he's no. Got, he looks way older. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's, it's the, the friend that runs the shop is apparently like the same age as him, but owns this place. Yeah, I know. Yeah. How does that work? And also looks like he's 40 and really into Buddy Holly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so, and then apparently, uh, the police and the fire department are rushing off to the high school and it's just so happens that Charlie has a police radio in his music store for a while. I thought this was a pawn shop because of this scene, <laughs> but it turns out it's just a music store <laughs> and they listen to the radio and it's like, there's been uh, arson and vandalism at the high school and Kevin's like, Oh my God, my girlfriend is there. No so shit, he, Kevin. He goes running back to the high school where we get a crane shot that brings us down into the burning building. Wow, he, crane shot in this. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Just one. Yeah. I think that, that was all. They, they only got, got one try. Yeah. Yeah. At which point he sees them like rolling Carl out and he's on a stretcher stretcher. He is wrapped in gauze like it's an anime. <laughs> he's fucked up. Yeah. And he's like, Carl, what happened in there? And he legitimately responds with. You don't never want to know. It's <laughs> <laughs> double negative, Carl. Obviously, I want to know. <laughs> so he gets rolled away, and then he starts like yelling at the cops, and comes across Detective Principal Strickland. Yeah, Lubick, Detective Lubick's the best. It's probably one of the best parts of this entire movie. He's such say. like a uh, '80s trope. James oh, yeah. Tolkin. Yeah, no, he He's- is. He is rocking his best, like like Doctor Loomis. Uh, like slash detective whatever but he's just like he's like you know uh, what are you doing here kid what are you doing here what do you know about it what's going on here he's like I don't know man my girlfriend was in there oh yeah what does she look like you know what let's go to her house and they leave but he treats him like such a piece of shit considering the fact that his girlfriend may have just been killed the whole joke of it is it's supposed to be like I think this kid committed the fu- like the arson and I don't think his girlfriend is real so I'm gonna give him crap and instead of like arresting him and questioning him we're gonna go to his girlfriend's house <laughs> and so they do and as he gets to Julie's house and apparently can just let himself in the phone rings and it's Julie calling her own house where no one else lives because her parents are dead. <laughs> so weird. And it, rings, it, it rings the second he walks in the door, the phone like starts going. Yeah. Right? And like just, just <laughs> hopes Kevin is going to be there. 
because no one else is going to be there. Why did you call your own house? <laughs> that is weird. Did you think your parents were going to answer? I call myself and leave a message. Yeah, I was going to say, like, she's going to call her own house and be like, Julie, it's Julie. I think we did drugs and didn't know it. <laughs> so Julie's calling. And she's trying to talk to Kevin about what just happened. But Kevin's playing that game where it's like he's talking to somebody else because he doesn't want the cop to know he's talking to Julie for some reason. The girl who would actually be the alibi that he has for the arson and vandalism at his high school. But instead, he decides to be cagey as shit with him for no reason. <laughs> he hangs up and then he basically tells uh, Detective Lubitz, Lubis, Lubick, 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 Detective Lubit? Bald Guy. Yeah. Uh, well, why don't we just hang out here and then Julie will show up and like, we'll explain everything. And the cop's like, yeah, I'm going to do that. That sounds like something I'm going to do. So they're hanging out and he's showing him the, the cosmic key. Cause he's like, I feel like whatever's going on here has something to do with this. And he goes, Oh yeah. He's like, what is it? It's like, well, it's a synthesizer. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just press those keys. And he does, and it makes sounds. And suddenly, he's like a fucking kid in a candy store. It's like, oh, my God. This thing is so cool. And then he does it, like, two more times, and it plays, like, dissonant chords. And immediately, he then looks at me and goes, hey, this ain't no synthesizer. <laughs> oh, yeah? I want to know what your detective skills picked up that told you otherwise. Lubick has perfect pitch. It's Russian. Mm. It's Russian. <laughs> it's Russian. <laughs> so, uh, now that the uh, initial mercenaries have failed Skeletor, uh, they have returned to beg forgiveness. But uh, Skeletor is not about forgiveness, motherfucker. <laughs> He's about results. And so he murders Snake Man. Yeah. Because, fuck you. <laughs> This is the thing I can't get over because he like lifts up his hand and then fires like a red bolt at and he just like he melts. disintegrates. Yeah, it's, it just disintegrates. It's pure, and he never it's, does it again. It's force lightning. <laughs> it's pure force lightning. Oh is my all god, it is. is force lightning. And if you could do that, why wouldn't you just fucking do that to He-Man yeah, and everyone else? No, it's total it's total D D rules. He can only do it once a day and then he has to sleep for eight hours. He got the roll. Yeah, he got the <laughs> proper roll on the dice there. But they vaporized one of the more interesting characters, just like, you know, Slipknot yeah. was such an interesting character. Yeah, and, uh, and they kill him right away. <laughs> so at which point, they then, uh, uh, Evil Lynn was like, well, it would be a shame to kill all of them. <laughs> we could use their talents. Probably should have said that before he killed Eddie. <laughs> Eddie goes, well, great. If you're so interested in them, uh, them being the ones to get the key, you're going to go and lead them. And she's all like, well, wait a minute. Why would I do that? And he's like, because you opened your fucking mouth. <laughs> Pretty much. I gotta tell you, man. I fucking love Skeletor in <laughs> this, this Skeletor movie. Skeletor is so <laughs> this great. Is, this is the greatest Skeletor. Yeah, yeah. he's that's, way that, better than that, the cartoon that scene, Skeletor. That scene was pretty cool, though. Honestly, like, like in terms, is, of, in terms like, of his his malevolence and shit like that. If you're going like, to be an evil fucking dictator, yeah. that's how you do it. Yep. <laughs> so he sends them off. They go to Earth, and uh, Evil Lynn is using a tracking device to find the key. But apparently, there's some kind of interference with the key, and we can't lock onto it. Little do we know that Kevin's heating up another bucket of chicken in a microwave <laughs> over in Julie's place. Yes, Again, is. making me believe this must have been a Kentucky Fried Chicken ad at some point, yeah, given the, the product placement. So right? like, um, and it turns out microwaves do not exist on Eternia. 
<laughs> oh, they're bad. They're bad for Eternians. And I, I don't mean uh, like microwave ovens. Yeah. I mean microwaves the frequency. Yes. Because they're looking at their scanner. And they're like, it's some kind of unknown jamming. We've never seen anything like this. <laughs> so she goes, well, destroy it. Well, apparently for not knowing what microwaves are, they're very good at like recalibrating things to attack them because the microwave explodes in the kitchen. Now, if I was the police detective, <laughs> I was called out to an arson yeah. that happened at the high school. Yes. This punk ass teenager showed up yelling and screaming about it, saying, what's going on here? And I would think this is probably the douchebag that did it coming back to like revel in what he did. And then you decide you're going to call him on his bluff about his girlfriend being in there by going to her house, which he apparently lets you in. You don't know that this is her house. You don't know where the hell you might actually be. And then suddenly he blows up a microwave. Yes. I would have shot this kid because at this point, I think he's a goddamn terrorist. So he decides that's it. I've had enough of this shit. I'm taking your weird fucking Russian bomb synthesizer and I'm leaving because I'm going to go to the police department. I'm going to put it in our computer and I'm going to see if anybody has uh, put in a missing item report or it may something. Maybe stolen. He doesn't know. Yeah, Lubick, somebody's reported Lubick's, it's stolen. Lubick's on the case. In 1987, I would have loved to have seen what the fuck he would have put into that computer. Yeah, well, how are you describing this? <laughs> that's the thing. Is like, he yeah. makes it sound like he's going to literally put it in the computer. Like, how do you even describe that thing? Yeah. You know, uh, like, weird metal claw with keys that lights. plays music. Well, there was a scene with He-Man earlier in the movie where he's like, it's about this big. It's got lights on it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's about that. this large. It's um, bright. Got lights on it. And, and, and she's buttons. like, I know that thing. She's like, <laughs> yeah, I know that thing. He's like, yeah, it looks like a dildo from hell. Yeah, exactly. It could have been a multicolored dildo. But like, but honestly, my first thought was like, computers were not that advanced at that point. There's no way in fucking yeah, hell. This, he's this was still it. Dot Matrix, buddy. <laughs> yeah, this was, yeah. You had to go through DOS to get to this it's shit. A black screen, green type. That's all you had. Um, so he takes off with it. Apparently to go to Charlie's to ask Charlie, hey, do you know what this thing is? He went back to Charlie's. <laughs> because yeah. Charlie is the smartest man in town. <laughs> Apparently the only guy who could do anything. Everybody goes to help to Charlie. So after they blow up the microwave, Evil Lynn says, hey, we have a lock on the key. We can track it from the air. And they get in their weird, like, Jabba the Hutt slave barge. Yeah, I love those barges. And go flying off, where they then track it to Julie's house. And they get there after the cop leaves with it, and they find Kevin. And as they burst through the doors into the house, Kevin's reaction is to throw a towel at Beast Man, <laughs> yelling, get out of here! <laughs> yeah, that was really How does Kevin not immediately shit his pants is my question. Well, yeah, that shit was scary. Like, Be that was Beastman scary. came in hardcore. They were yeah. throwing, throwing like, him he, around against the he wall. He wolfmanned his ass into the goddamn house. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also, not, not for nothing, but like they're looking for information, but yet again, Beastman's about to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> so Beastman knocks the shit out of him, breaking Kevin's nose. Like, he definitely broke his nose. That's yeah. There's that much blood. Yeah. And then he's just sitting there in the kitchen, and they lock a fucking synth collar onto him. Yeah. And it's like, well, now that this is on you, you're going to answer everything we want because it's apparently Veritor Serum. Yeah. 
You're welcome. Harry Potter reference. Anyone my uh, age gets that. Oh, okay. Geek boner. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a flashback to like the mutant uh, inhibition colors from like X Men and stuff. Yeah, it's but, also also yeah, a very yeah, good yeah. Uh, a good uh, image to it. So she then asks Kevin, "Where is the key?" He's like, "Not here. The policeman took it." <laughs> it's like, "Oh, okay, cool." Well, let's get in the ship. We could track it from the air. You already said you could do that. And it brought you here where it's not anymore. So apparently you can't track it for shit. And so they leave. And by the time they leave, just after that, He-Man, his crew, and Julie show up in the car that um, Gwildor Gwildor stole. And and apparently then souped up with Eternia technology so it doesn't have to run on a combustion engine. Yeah, no so hydrocarbons. That's Eternia right. hydrocarbons. is entirely vegan and also fully green energy. What a bunch of new age tree huggers fucking I, in I like here. I like that aspect of it. It yeah. is the yeah. most <laughs> socialist left planet really I have is. ever heard of in my life. <laughs> I and I love it. Yeah. The women are fully dressed and the men are half naked. <laughs> yeah, it's opposite. <laughs> That's true. So, <laughs> so back on cuck planet. No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh. So they get they get to the <laughs> Let's not get political. I know, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> they get back to, they, or so the, the gang gets to, to Julie's house to fight it ransacked. Oh, by the way, uh, not only did they, they torture Kevin, they also went searching through the house and found, like, pictures of Julie's family and, and you know, whatever. Just whatever. Uh, they get to the house, they find Kevin, and they take the collar off him, and he's all like, oh, my God, everything here is so weird. This dude's, like, naked, and I got beat up by a dog guy. <laughs> and they're like, Kevin, shut up. We don't have time to explain anything. And he's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you definitely want some explanation as to what the fuck is going on. Nope. <laughs> I'll trust you guys. What are we doing now? So at which point they're like, well, we have to find the cop with the key because we need that key to get back to our planet. And he goes, yes, I fully follow what you're saying. We got to go to Charlie's. <laughs> I'm on exactly. board. Exactly. And, and again, he was going to the police station last time we had heard. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, out of nowhere, he's like, he's probably going to Charlie's because Charlie would know about it. You know, Charlie, Charlie knows everything. Uh, the fucking like overlord of our town. <laughs> so the only store in this suburb. Yeah. So they then cut and it's it's uh, the cop at Charlie's being like, you ever see anything like this before, Charlie? He's like, uh, no. He goes, you think it might be Russian? He goes, uh, I don't know. And then suddenly... Uh, besides the fact that apparently Evil Lynn and her gang was tracking this thing from the air and got a head start, He-Man and the gang get there first. They do get there first, don't they? Wow. Well, they have Gwildor's rocket-powered neutrino car. And right? they have so. the psychic abilities of Kevin, who knows where the cop's going despite him saying different. And so they get there, and they basically walk in and are like, we need that thing. And the cop's like, no, you know what? I'm going to pull my gun now. Yes. I'm finally going to pull my gun because now there's a half naked dude who's like yeah. six foot eight. <laughs> well, and I am not okay with that because it's the 80s. <laughs> the sword is literally the size of Lubick that's trapped to his back. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it, and uh. so they get there. They're like, well, we don't have time for you, little cop guy. We just need the key and we'll leave. And then Eva Lynn and her forces show up and they're like, okay, you guys all go through the front and attack. And I might do something else. Bye. <laughs> And so, uh, realizing that uh, the the Skeletor forces are there, uh, He-Man and Man-at-Arms build an entire barricade out of synthesizers. And amps. And amp cabinets. (laughs) Yep. 
and they are just waiting. And now it's like fucking saving Private Ryan in this bitch. Because they take the rest of them into the back room and they're holding them there. And uh, uh, Tila is looking after all of them while uh, Gwildar... Gwil- Gwildar? Gwildar, yeah. Gwil- yes, while Gwildar. he is attempting to reset the key and take them back to Eternia. But he doesn't know how long it'll take because apparently <laughs> he didn't invent this thing. Did you did you find the way that Tila shot her gun disturbing? Uh, how she, she pinned it like right in the middle of her chest and held it with both hands on oh, either yeah. side? Up front. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like she was praying and holding a gun and then shooting it. Mm-hmm. First of yeah. all, He-Man never sh- had a gun. Did that bother anyone else? Did He-Man shoot? No, that doesn't bother me. He never shot things in the cartoon. I'm like, oh, it's, he's just it's the 80s, people. man. He's got to yeah. compete with Rambo. Yeah, that's true. No, so, I did, that didn't bother me. So now he's got laser guns and the sword, and yeah. the sword is apparently able to block lasers. As it should. I mean, right? And redirect him and bounce him back it, and blow it up It turns the him troopers. into always He-Man. Yeah. There's, he's always- the power of Grayskull is that he's never Prince Adam. He's just nope. drier after me. <laughs> yeah. awesome. I was going to say, it's when he doesn't have it, like he sweats. <laughs> he's not sweaty. He's just greased. He's just oily. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, we'll get to it later on when he finally is sweaty. Oh, he's sweaty. <laughs> so the, the big fight happens, and, and uh, He-Man and Man-at-Arms are keeping them at bay. Meanwhile, uh, uh, Lubitz... Lub- Lubick. Lubick. Thank you. I'm never going to get it right. I told you. Uh, <laughs> L- Lubick is, is in the back being like, this this is crazy. I don't, uh, don't you guys get that this is crazy? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, man, but like we're kind of dick deep in the shit right now. Maybe we could freak out later. And you're, and, standing, so, and you're standing beside an alien dwarf dude yeah. <laughs> wearing like a Hawaiian shirt and shit. Like, Man at Arms is hungry, too. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're kind yeah. of 45 minutes past crazy right now, man. Yeah. Okay. Um, at which point he's like, okay, I, I have an idea. And he, he like looks at Tila and is like, I feel like your friends could probably use your help out there. Eh? <laughs> eh? At which point she's like, yeah, no, I guess whatever. Cool. And she hands the cop's gun to Kevin is like, now, Kevin, you make sure nothing bad happens back here. He's like, no problem. I'm not incompetent. Yeah, be sure be sure to shoot and kill this guy if he gets yeah, off. Shoot the police, Kevin. If something feels like something's going wrong, murder a cop. It's already like assault and obstruction of justice and resisting arrest. Oh, he's a, bunch of, a whole bunch of things he's oh, done. He's going to jail for life. Oh, like, after for this, sure. absolutely. So, yeah. so Tila runs out into the fray, uh, kills like nine guys in a row, looks dead into the camera, and says woman at arms <laughs> and, Jesus. at which point I threw up in my mouth <laughs> it was one of the most cringeworthy moments of that entire more funny. <laughs> I, spent, I spent about 10 minutes going god damn it, god damn it. <laughs> woman at arms, she would have done some like ninja shit yeah. and then said that it would have been fine but she just literally just stood she up she just stood yeah. up and shot people like she like stood up her- in the fray yeah. awkwardly You're- holding the gun yeah, exactly yeah. she doesn't even look like she knows how to shoot the gun she's holding it like with both hands directly in front of her being but like, apparently pew, pew, pew. she is a fucking marksman <laughs> yeah, I guess that's how you have to hold the gun. Yeah. So in the back, now that Teal is gone, Lubick has decided to commit a mutiny, and he's gonna beat the shit out of this teenager. <laughs> and so he and Kevin get into a scuffle for the gun. Charlie's in the back, just being like, "Oh, come on, guys, stop!" <laughs> Gwildorf is still screwing around with the key because he doesn't know how to work it. And 
Julie is like, I'm not going to pay attention to the assault that is happening on my boyfriend right now. I'm going to look longingly out the window. And oh my God, it's my dead mom in the alleyway behind Charlie's. Well, I did meet a whole bunch of aliens today, so this can't possibly be a trap. (laughs) It had crazy technology that I've never seen before. (laughs) And so she just sneaks out of the back of the room because everyone's too busy watching Kevin get beat up by an adult. (laughs) (laughs) And so she goes out and her mom's like, hey, you, your, your, your dad and I are not dead. We were working on top secret stuff that had to do with what's going on right now. And in order for us to come back into your life and live with you, you have to get that key and give it to me. And Julie's like, that sounds like it makes absolutely all the sense in the world. No problem. <laughs> no question. Uh, no. Like, there's just not one to question today no. that there's fucking aliens on your planet that are fighting over the things. You're seeing shit you've never seen before. You see that do that? It's like half fucking wolf. You got it, formerly dead mom. Whatever so she, you need. <laughs> she runs back in. And as she walks in, Lubick wrestles the gun away from Kevin and is like, all right, now I'm going to fucking arrest all of you because this makes no sense. And she's like, okay. And she picks up the key and runs out the back door. And Kevin's like, oh, my God, Julie, what are you doing? So she runs out. She hands the key to her dead mom, who turns out to be evil Lynn in disguise. And she runs off with it. And suddenly, Julie starts screaming like this couldn't <laughs> possibly have been what was going on. <laughs> it's not it's not quite the Wilhelm scream, but it's pretty close. Right? Oh, no, like it's that. straight up like slasher movie yeah. screaming <laughs> like she just got stabbed. And so after this, all of them come running out into the alleyway, He-Man and the rest of them and firing. And it's another gunfight and there's explosions. And when they catch up with Julie, she goes, she took the key. No, bitch, you gave it to her. That's what I said <laughs> instantly. I was like, you fucking gave her the key. What do you mean she took it? <laughs> and so now that Evelyn has the key, she sends out a uh, coordinates to Skeletor, who shows up on the planet with a whole bunch more robots and a green goblin army. Yeah, and then the funny thing about this part is that he's on one of those gigantic skiffs. Yeah. And then they cut to a shot of him, like in the, like coming down the street. And it looks like the saddest parade ever. Like no one's out there watching <laughs> him. Is <laughs> so slow moving. Yeah, and he's just like, like so upsetting. Like <laughs> like you really probably should have picked a better way to do this. Also, whatever whatever CGI budget they had, they blew their load on this scene completely. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> now the thing that I don't get is why did Skeletor have to come planet side? to get the keys. No reason. They've been jumping back and forth between Earth and Eternia the whole movie. Yeah. The moment they got the second key, they could have fucked off to Eternia and that would have been it. I like I like to think it's probably because the director recognized at this point that Skeletor was the most interesting and coolest part of this movie. Well, <laughs> like, it, like we need to put reason, him in more of it. For some reason they're still like, well, we need to get we need to get a uh, He-Man. And so Skeletor's like, I'm going to show up and do that myself by not doing a goddamn thing thing while I'm there. By sitting here (laughs) telling people to do things. And so we got this whole big action scene where they're getting into fights with robots and he's cutting them down with his sword and he steals a glider from one of the goblin army. And now he's gliding around this town, fighting off other aliens. And meanwhile, the rest of them are just hiding on a roof. (laughs) <laughs> Can I just say the glider, uh, Adam Morris, uh, laws of inertia don't apply to this glider. Well, how he would have just fallen off the fucking glider. There was nothing holding him on. 
I don't understand how the glider worked. Yeah, there's no, there doesn't appear to be any footholds yeah. or magnets no. or anything like no, that. No, but no, uh, yeah, I mean, science is not really a. In eternity, you just have to want to be on something. Yes, I. And then you'll stay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. yeah, it's called it's called Peter Pan technology. <laughs> yes, but, but my favorite part about that scene where He Man is again on this hoverboard, like yeah, cutting yeah. down these people, is they didn't have the budget to do it. So 90% of it is zoomed in on Dolph Lundgren's face. Yep. Top up half body. While he's up. like grimacing and swinging yeah. the sword. And then, <laughs> and then you cut to a little scene of somebody falling off their hoverboard. Like there's no, <laughs> it so is great. It is a close up <laughs> on Lundgren standing yeah. in front of a, a, like a screen that is playing video <laughs> of, a, of a road going by behind him. Like yeah. old school movies did when they were driving. <laughs> And then a fan just making his hair waft a bit <laughs> while he squints and hunches forward more to go faster. If if his hair was shorter, they could have just cut in the scenes from Rocky Four where he was grimacing and punching Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> it exactly. Be, it would Good be the exact same thing. Same he would have been shot. just as sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, Skeletor finds the rest of the group, at which point they are surrounded by the stealthiest of stormtroopers who somehow all wound up on the roof behind them, despite yeah. all being in heavy plastic armor that s- clacks when they move. So, like, I, I don't know how they snuck up on them. Because <laughs> every other time you've ever seen them, it's this chuck, 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 chuck sound whenever they go running. Well, and Skeletor is riding a giant skiff that is glowing bright red. And has, like, a weird, like, warbling, like, <laughs> yeah, sound the whole time. And, and when you see that scene, Man-at-Arms is looking over the edge of the rooftop. Like he's yeah. he's keeping watch. He well, turns ar- he turns around for half a second, and, yeah, all and they there. all show up. Like, it looks like, <laughs> it looks like nobody's on this one side of this building. <laughs> so he has them basically all held hostage, and He Man shows up, and he tells him like, "Hey, uh, give up your sword and stop fighting, or I'll kill all your friends." And he's like, "Well, okay." I will. Sure. They're like, don't do that, he man. He's like, what choice do I have? <laughs> <laughs> well done. At Get which it. point, uh, because he's Skeletor, he fucking force lightnings Courtney Cox because she was being lippy or something. I think no, actually, he force lightninged He Man's like hoverboard skiff as he was uh, as he was coming in for the rescue. Mm-hmm. And when he when he lightning that he got her leg in like the crossfire. Okay, that was not the point, but like that, and that's when He Man bails, and then he confronts him with the ultimatum kind of thing. But perfectly fun. Like I said, I watched it today. I don't remember. (laughs) uh, (laughs) So the the thing that we learned later on that I, I just I have to talk about now because I can't grasp this concept is that apparently Skeletor's force lightning has an infectious disease in it. It gives you leprosy or something? That just spreads through your body <laughs> and kills up. you. Uh, when they show that infection later, it's like the most disgusting, but yet cartoony. It yes. is. It is, <laughs> it is gangrenous. Dude, yeah, it's nasty. Like, I, that was one of the scenes I clearly remember from when the first time I watched this as a kid. I remember how nasty her fucking leg was. It's like, it's like he hit you with lightning and now you've got trench boot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She's got super gonorrhea from the, uh, from the force landing. Cut that leg off before it spreads. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So he takes he takes He-Man and his sword, and they all make their way back to Eternia before breaking the cosmic key so that the rest of them can't follow somehow. Again, it got caught in the crossfire of the... Because uh, He-Man had it with him. 
Yeah. Well, what, what I find weird was, about while, it though, while he was flying in, it got caught in like the crossfire, so it it, it impeded only the tone of the cosmic key. Well, I was gonna say, what I find so weird about it is it gets caught in the crossfire almost like randomly. Oh, absolutely. But then when they're trying to use it, Gwildor is like. Oh, it erased the memory that had the coordinates to get back to Eternia. <laughs> Skeletor knew what he was doing. It's like, how? So it's, so it's willful force lightning. It's as like, well. it's like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it, it, at which point it means like he outright was like, "I'm gonna give that fucking Earth girl like leg herpes." <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Um, <laughs> So we go back to Eternia, where now Skeletor has the sword. By the way, there's 10 minutes left in this movie. <laughs> yeah, when is this uh, final battle going to happen? We go back to Eternia, where now Skeletor has the sword. And he, he is placing it into this weird LED light sheath on the, the throne in Eternia, uh, in Castle Grayskull, which opens the eye of the universe. Um... And now he's going to gain the powers of a god in front of all of Eternia on their giant hologram television. But there's only like four guys watching. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's look, they were at war, man. Okay. Yeah, but I have to say, I enjoy the fact that they they did do the like the random projections where you can see them anywhere. Yeah, yeah. That that, that shoots back to the comic or the uh, cartoon rather, where. Either He-Man or Skeletor at any given point in time. They'd just show up in the air. Skeletor would be like, "I wonder what He-Man's doing," yeah. and then he'd look at his monitor, and then it would show He-Man in like a swamp, <laughs> like walking through a swamp, and it was like, yeah. "Where the fuck is that? Yeah, Where's that camera?" I don't, I, don't, I don't get how this technology works. Yeah. But but I did enjoy, honestly, as a kid and as an adult, I kind of enjoyed the fact that they at least called back to that a bit, where Skeletor can just project himself anywhere. And but anyway, it's still super ridiculous. No, so he is demanding that. He man kneel before him, kneel before Zod, yeah, to show that he is the true ruler of Eternia. But He man will never kneel to you. <laughs> uh, so they they hit him with a laser whip. Oh uh, yeah! Oh my god! This is one of my favorite moments this in this movie. Laser whip is amazing. Not only do I love the rotoscoping of the laser whip, yes, I love the fucking acting that uh, Dolph, Dolph Lundgren tries yeah. to do to pretend like he's getting whipped. You could see in his face, he's like, "Wait, did it hit me now?" He's what? like, he's it like, now? he's just like undulating his yeah. torso a yeah. whole bunch, he's and every now and then he cringes, and it's like. It didn't even touch you yet, man. No, like, and he looks so, back, yeah, and it's not yeah. timed at all well. Yeah. So as, as somebody who's watched this movie too many times as well, if you look at the guy, Blade, who's manning the whip, yeah, his expressions do not also match what is happening at all. <laughs> so, like, it's it was all just off-kilter and off-timing. Was timing. this like a, like, like a legit Jesus Christ fucking allegory? Like, what are you doing here with this? That's clearly what it is, I think. Yes. What, it, what it makes me think is you couldn't have somebody off-camera who is being like, okay, and whip. <laughs> and, and whip. Now. Well, and like, <laughs> well we get, when we get into the breakdown, we'll understand why, right? The scene was... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, my favorite part of this whipping thing is like when they secure the whip, him to like the, the, the gauntlets on him so he can't move. Like you can actually see like whatever they tie it to is like... It's like plywood and it's moving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like he, he's legitimately bit. like pulling the floor like, up while yeah, he like moves. Flimsy. And also, he's supposed to be the most powerful man in the universe, and they put some chains on his wrists. And like, that, well, he doesn't have his sword yeah. now, dude. In my in yeah, my but, head, but, but I, again, clearly he doesn't need 
This, again, what yeah, exactly. happens? He doesn't need the sword to be his. Anyway, but yeah, it's in my head. I, I had the soundtrack <laughs> from Jesus Christ Superstar, like the thirty nine lashes. <laughs> oh man! It's like one, dun, 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 two, thirty nine <laughs> lashes. But yeah, it was supposed to be an emotional, like, oh god, look at him. But it was just like a. So yes, we're at, we're at the moment so where it's like, bad. how is he man gonna get out of this? Well, yep. apparently he will in five minutes. This um, is going very great. Easy. <laughs> yeah. So, back on Earth, uh, <laughs> Julie is dying of leg cancer. Um, leg herpes, herpes. Yeah, leg herpes, sorry, leg yeah. herpes. Yeah. Leg gonorrhea. Uh, and and uh, Gwildor is trying to explain that they can't use the key anymore because he can't find the, the melody that was Eternia. Because that's coordinates. Like, that's how that works. Because the universe is music. Well, Kevin, the universe is music. We all have tones. Fucking Gwildor. Imran, you could have done Gwildor. You really could have. I I could do this. I could do this. I almost (laughs) shot the fuck on. Are you a Uh, master musician, Kevin? So are you a tone master? Yeah. At which point? Oh, no. it 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 was a master music maker. Okay. Yes. Um, at which point Kevin's like, oh, I remember what the melody was because I am fucking, I'm most likely on the spectrum. I'm kind of an idiot savant when it comes to the music yeah. people. But again, like at this point, if it was the most important tones or song in the universe, you would think the guy that invented the fucking thing would, would, know, would know the, the song. Yeah. <laughs> at least so be able, so able to hum it. They have to jerry rig a way to, to play the tone through the key. Uh, at which point, Gwildor is like, I need three things. And he names two things that are very obviously just MacGuffin pieces of, like, whatever from yeah. his planet. Yeah. That both Man-at-Arms and Tila oh, they just have the happen funniest, to be carrying Yeah, so they have the funniest names, too. One of them sounded really dirty, too. But what I love about it is it's the idea of, I need these three things. Yeah. Two of which are like two of which they just have on them because apparently not only can they help me make music, but they're really, really useful in guerrilla warfare. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the universe is made out of music. The thing that that stuck out from that scene to me is when he's telling him, Oh, I know the song. And he's like repeating the, the the song back to him. And he's like, wow, you're like, you got talent. You're like one of those music makers. And he goes, no, I'm not. And then he like, Thinks he can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, all, of a sudden, all of his confidence is gone from getting a just, compliment. He's, he's like, you must be a master music maker. No, I just play in a high school band. It's like, dude, right now, they think you're the greatest guy in the universe. Fucking roll with it. Yeah. But again, it's immediately just like, and it's crash. Real- it throws back to what he was doing the 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 sound uh, the sound check as well because yeah, the synth yeah. noises he was playing before he even touched the cosmic key were exactly. Like in tone with what they needed, right? Like it's because uh, they only had one synth that they could play over this movie. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so Kevin runs off back to Charlie's because it's the only <laughs> other building in town. Fucking Charlie. Because he needs to get a synthesizer so they can play this thing. Or fucking Charlie. Like, God damn it. He just wants to run a music store. Huh? Like, I, didn't ask, I didn't ask for any of this, you bastards. You blew Meanwhile, up my store. Lubick is running around with the shotgun he stole yes. from Charlie's store. Yes. Pulling a group of cops with him because he thinks he's going to war with aliens and everybody thinks he's insane. Yeah. It's great. Now, the thing that I love about Lubick is he doesn't understand how a shotgun works. <laughs> no, no, no. This man racks that shotgun at least three times before, before he ever fires. fires it. I didn't notice that. That's a good point. It's like so many shells. He is just <laughs> wasting. Kevin comes back with the synthesizer. 
They play the notes they have to. They're about to leave, but Lubick shows up screaming about, like, you're all under arrest! Yeah. Ah, I don't know what's going on here! And then they all get transported to Eternia, along with half of a car, half of a phone booth, the whole part alley. of a, an entire bench, and most of the wall of the building <laughs> behind them. <It's> great. <laughs> which is convenient for cover when they get their hands. Yeah. At which point, oh, they land point. in the middle of the fucking throne room in Eternia yes. with all this stuff. <laughs> After... Uh, Skeletor has gotten the power of the universe and has now upgraded to Golden Elephant Skeletor. So yeah. I, I did not remember this part of this movie. I forgot that he wore gold lame in this fucking movie. That little scene, though, again, as a kid at the time, that was pretty cool when suddenly Skeletor was this, like, golden god to me. You know what I mean? Like, it was... The costume was a bit ridiculous, obviously, but, like... I didn't mind it. But the I moment, it was the moment, I, but the, we're already this far, man. You the, know that the, the headdress was moment, uncomfortable. The moment when the great eye opens and suddenly he's like infused with the power again. Yeah, they must yeah. have blown at least the other half of the CGI load on that moment. Absolutely. Dude, back uh, to Lubick for a second because if I was Lubick at this point, when you were beamed into the throne room, I would just shoot my head off. I would be like, oh, you know what? <laughs> Fuck this. But well, he, he has luckily, the best line. You're not Lubick. <laughs> I'm not. Because once that. they show up yeah. and the gunfight ensues, Lubick goes fucking ape shit. <laughs> ape shit. Yes, my favorite, <laughs> yeah, the He's sitting line. there. A guy fires at him. Yeah. He goes, nobody takes pot shots at Lubick. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. That is my favorite line in the whole at fucking which movie. Point, Me too. Me he too. goes, he goes like, like Tila did before. He stands up away from any cover in the middle of a gunfight and just unloads that shotgun on everybody and, and it fucking wins. And this is a, a, a this is a technical thing in a movie that's not technical, but like he shoots the one guy on the one side and then immediately turns around, but like there's a guy beside the dude that he just shot that pointed <laughs> the gun at him. Yeah. So if he turned around, that dude would have killed anyway. It's, it, it's it, like it's like because it has to look cool, he has to fire in a different direction that's at least 45 degrees from where he was every time. And he has like 20,000 shells in this shotgun, which <laughs> and he, already, he already like dispensed half of them on accident. The stormtroopers are the, have the worst. He was busy aim. looking cool yeah. at best. At best, one of those shotguns would have like six shots in it. You know what I mean? Nobody like, takes no pot shots at Lubick, but it's, it's a great line and it's very Fucking uh, love it. So we finally get into our final battle as the the ragtag resistance crew is fighting off the, the stormtrooper army of Skeletor. And Adam Brig, or sorry, He-Man. Not Adam. There's no Adam in this there movie. There is no Adam in this movie. Yeah. No Adam. There's only He-Man. I like to think he was still Prince Adam, to be honest. No. He-Man <laughs> breaks free from his binds, punches a few people, swings across uh, onto the dais on a, no. a random curtain. Wait, you missed, uh, you missed, you missed, you missed though. His, oh, his, whole, his, his, his whole strategy was that to, to distract everybody, he pushed a pillar over. Right. Which took like 30 seconds of Dolph Lundgren going, <laughs> Yes, of him, him flexing backwards. And then he pushes the pillow over and it hits nobody. <laughs> By the way, because he doesn't have his sword anymore, this is when he is sweaty. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he's pretty sweaty right now. He makes his way up onto the dais, at which point he and Skeletor are having this back and forth of like, you know, It's over, Skeletor! It's never over! Uh, so this is their final battle. He picks up the sword and says, uh, you know, I he have the power. Him. He lets him. He, yeah, he, goes, he goes to there. pick up the sword. Yeah. Skeletor is firing his now gold lightning at him because now he's a golden god. Oh, yeah. Uh, but He-Man just takes it. 
but he waits until his hand is like on the sword before he starts doing anything. <laughs> yeah. Again, again He Man just just swung directly in front of him, landed on the ground, had had an exposition with him the whole time. <laughs> the whole time that he is swinging across that like random chasm, it's like, dude, just get him in the air. Now he, and then he falls into the chasm, and you win. Even just shoot the fucking curtain, and he would fall yeah. in the hole. <laughs> so he he pulls the sword out of the weird little like holster, yells, "I have the power!" Yeah. Which, by the way, makes no sense in this movie. Not out of this context. The sword doesn't give him power. He's also, always He Man. Yeah. And also, because of Lundgren's accent, it comes out as. <laughs> it does. And the, thing that I, the thing that I noticed because I had to rewind to, to make sure of it is that he yells that out. It starts in a close up and then it cuts to the wide shot so they can get the glowing you know, effect behind him. Yeah. They use the voiceover from the close up. And it doesn't sink to the wide shot. Oh, no. <laughs> so now his mouth is moving, and he's not saying words anymore. <laughs> That's a big fuck up right there. And, and also, again, as a fucking purist of this kind of shit, why not at least throw in the other part where it's like, I, the, by the power of Grayskull, yeah. I have the power. Like, that... That's the entire phrase. Just do the whole line. If you're gonna they do chose it. not to for some no. fucking reason because they thought that was too too weird in a movie <laughs> that is so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, that was too much. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so now he and Skeletor have decided this will be their final battle, and a minute and forty five seconds later, it is over. <laughs> they have well, a. Battle. What happens is. They uh they cross swords and immediately they're in a disc attack. I was gonna say they decide to start fighting. They cross sword to scepter and suddenly all of the lights turn off except for one red light and yeah, a flashing a white light in the background. Yeah. yeah, he's in like Michael Jackson's video yeah. "Rock with You" or whatever. And so they're they're like it's like clash, clash, clash. Close up of just Lundgren swinging his sword. Yeah, clash, clash. More close-ups. Of just his chest, even. Like, yeah. like close-ups of just his chest muscles as he's this is happening and shit. At which point, he breaks the scepter, Skeletor pulls out his own sword, they cross blades once, and then he basically, like, just monkey flips Skeletor into an ed- ed- bottomless pit. <laughs> it's it's all it's kind of like Skeletor literally tripped over his own feet. I'm gonna show you, uh, He Man. No, you're not. It's, Whoa, you were right. <laughs> Skeletor is great. falling and screaming, but his mouth's closed. His mouth's closed. Uh, uh, that, I was really, is, really. I was really hoping he was going to yell out, what a world! <laughs> I, I didn't it it is one of the worst falling effects, even for the 80s. Like, you know, like... At least at least when the Emperor got thrown down the fucking uh, reactor chute, like, they sped it up so that you couldn't be like, oh, wow, that looks bad. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> he was, like, falling for, like, a good, like, 10 seconds. Oh, absolutely. There was, there, was a good, there was a good gap in there where you could be like, that looks like shit. So, <laughs> oh, my God. Obviously, when it, when it seemed like things were not going Skeletor's way, Evil Lynn and the rest of the, uh, they got the mercenaries here, were they? like, well, fuck this game. <laughs> and they walked. Who did absolutely nothing during the entire battle? She, they yeah, that's a good. They uh, just all, stood all, there. All well, I, his, will, I will all, say it, that's un, that's unheard of for Evil Lynn. Everybody else was a mercenary. They had every right to be like, "It's not worth it." <laughs> I'm not gonna pay for this. Fuck this shit. It, oh, I'm it's, out. It's kind of, again in the in the cartoons. Like everybody was always looking to backstab Skeletor at any yeah, moment yeah, in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that yeah. kind of fit into that, but it didn't fit with the rest of the movie. No, like, no, no, no. Never at, at, that. At, at that point in time, it, it, if you were just a cartoon fan, it made sense because mm. they all don't, don't give a shit about them. They just want power. But like, yeah. Anyway, it was just. Uh. 
So, so they're uh, gone. Skeletor is dead. Eternia is saved. The sorceress is young again. Everybody's happy. Lubick apparently is going to be living on Eternia oh, now. My oh, God, shit. he found himself a hot Eternian broad. Because and he's just like, I'm going to stay here. That was great. They gave him a toga and a hot. Hot girl. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's for, <laughs> for shooting and killing like four stormtroopers, he is rewarded the ability to live in Eternia, a planet he does not belong to. He is given a seat on the dais next to the sorceress. Yeah. He's given his own castle and a concubine. I would stay too. <laughs> but Fuck no you. hamburgers. No, man. You ain't gonna fight. You may have some good veggie burgers. Yeah. I would stay aside from the no hamburgers. I don't know. And mm. as... Uh, Julie and Kevin are about to leave and they are saying good journey to everybody or whatever it is. They're leaving through the portal and Julie turns back and goes, oh, wait a minute. Gwildor, send us back to a time before my parents are dead. Wait, um, <laughs> why do you think he has that ability? He because does say he says it. He's like, I could send you back whatever anywhere in space and time. And does, she doesn't think about it at okay, that point. I missed that part <laughs> because I thought to myself, all we've ever seen is him open up a portal that brings you to another place at exactly the same time. He doesn't, but he doesn't, he doesn't say that at that point. But earlier in the movie, he says something about it being like the mu- music and the, the cosmic key can send you anywhere in space and time. So at that point, he's he doesn't say I can send you back to an earlier point, but. It should be implied because of how well the plot of this movie is layered. You should understand that at that point, I guess. Because of how many times we've realized that Julie is sad. Her parents are dead. So Gwildor sends them back to just before her parents were going to be getting on this plane and dying. So at which point she says, hey, by the way, um, I'm going to steal the keys to your plane. Just trust me. uh, Bye. And leaves the house in her nightgown is just walking the streets of her neighborhood <laughs> at which point kevin runs up and is like julie don't let your parents get on that plane <laughs> she's like yeah no i know i have the i figured it i have the keys man he's like oh wow yeah cool i guess all that really did happen then because i've got this weird marble that when i look into it i can see gray skull and i see he-man yelling i have the power <laughs> again again no no by the power of Grayskull, like give me that moment for Christ's sake! But uh, also, what if her parents are on the phone calling a taxi and she's out here fucking around with Kevin? That's uh, the they're still gonna die. I, I, I always took it as her stealing their car keys to get to the airport, not necessarily keys to the plane. Yeah, apparently it was the keys to the plane. Okay, because uh, okay. okay. an airplane runs on an ignition key. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you need the key to the plane. Anyway, we're going. Mean, and uh, they, credits. And they, wow. Wow, credits. Talking nerd. Well wait, done, Howard. Yes. But wait. But wait, there's more. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I did I not mention that after the credits, we then have a moment where Skeletor emerges from what looks like uh, like a lava pit, I guess, and just looks at the camera and goes, I'll be back. And he never was. And he never was. The most comedic. That was the weirdest. I didn't even know there was a post credit scene in this movie for a long time. I was waiting for that sequel. (laughs) (laughs) It's never going to happen, Adam Morris. Delhauer, fantastically, masterfully done. We're going to take take a quick break right here, play some promos, and come back and figure out what the fuck happened to Masters of the Universe. After these messages, we'll be right back. Are you a fan of movies? Or comics? Or video games? 
or just anything else nerdy? Well, you should check out the Zing This Podcast. And that's spelled Z-E-N-G this and you can find us every monday and we have nerdy topics from comic book reviews to in-depth analysis of iconic nerdy movies as well as video game discussions mm-hmm. where's some of the best places to find us ally well podbean of course you can also find us on itunes stitcher google play anywhere else you listen to your podcast, podcast. yeah so check us out once again that is zing, zing this, this. Hi, I'm Rob. And I'm Robert. We're hosts of the Two Bobs Podcast. Check out our show at thetwobs.com. We talk about beer, food, weird news, some pop culture, sports, and our obsession with technology. And just general BS with our own brand of comedy and sarcastic wit. Also, be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Two Bobs Podcast. And Listener, check out our fan club. Don't just check it out. Join it. Sign up. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon, uh, where you can help us support the show, and you get bonus content and exclusive podcast feed just for our supporters. First of all, huge thank you to, of course, Delhauer and Adam for being uh, continuing supporters and spreading the geekery. You guys have been awesome. We appreciate yes, it you. so much. Uh, spread the word. Uh, I got a shout out to Matthew Lawrence. Listener who just increased his Patreon pledge to the $10 You Pick It tier. Nerd. He now gets to pick a movie for us to review. He gets to force Anthony to watch whatever he wants. Uh, <laughs> and by yeah. the way, yeah. I, I don't know if uh, I know we did this once before. Yeah. That does also mean he is allowed to pick a what the fuck happens. That Yes, you can. And, and people have. We have a what the fuck happens in the list of those. So, but he teased. I don't know if he was just joking on the Facebook group. He was like, how about a movie that stars... Wolverine, uh, quote unquote MJ, and the Joker's former lover. Does this ring a bell? Can anybody figure out what he's hinting at? I think I know. I don't know who the Joker's former lover is. Well, uh, who, I'm going to assume the- he means Harley, which is Margot Robbie. Or you can also think who played the Joker before and who were they in a relationship Jerry with? Jerry Hall? No. Uh, Heath Ledger. Oh. Heath Ledger's former lover. Oh, Michelle Williams? Yes. So Michelle Williams, Hugh Jackman, and quote-unquote MJ. Yes. Which I'm assuming... Are you talking about Brokeback Mountain? No. Ah. No. <laughs> Howard, what are you assuming? You're on to I was going to say, uh, quote-unquote MJ, I can only assume... Mary Jane Watson. Well, no, I know, I know that much. I can only assume that that means potentially Shalane Woodley because she was supposed to play MJ. Uh, you're, you're thinking this way. You're overthinking this. She oh. would actually, but she would actually be a good Mary Jane. She's she would. She was she's supposed a redhead. To. She's cute. No, um. All right. So then I'm going with Zendaya. Oh, can you figure it's, out? Oh, it's got Greatest Showman. Yeah, I, I, that's exactly the movie. It's the the musical of P.T. Barnum. Uh, Matthew Lawrence. I don't know if you were being serious. If you are, that's fine. We'll review the greatest showman. I got no problem. It'll be great forcing Anthony to watch it. That's yeah, which is really the thing, the thing I find really funny. The thing I find really funny about Greatest yes. Showman is it's a movie that involves Zac Efron playing a trapeze artist. And there was a point where I said that if they wanted to bring Robin into the DC movies, uh, I would not be against Zac Efron doing yeah, it. Yeah. He'd be a, he'd be a good Tim Drake. 
Yeah, he'd be a I good think. Tim Drake. Yeah, yeah. Or like, Dick Grayson. Yeah, uh, no, no. Nightwing. Grace, Night, yeah. Nightwing. I picture a lot bigger. Like Nightwing should be Batman size. Like, oh, I, I see. Know. Yeah, Tim Drake. Maybe Zach Efron's pretty little. <laughs> I was gonna say the thing is, is Efron has the body of he like does. a gymnast, He's, and that yeah. that would make sense, I think, for for Nightwing. I honestly, I, I love Zach Efron. I, I he's hilarious. He's uh, he's great in the Neighbors he, movies. He's a pretty decent. He's a pretty decent little he actor. He is. He's one of those guys that makes me feel like you're not allowed to be funny because you're already hot he's, right it's not fair he's, he's, <laughs> he's not way fair. prettier than most people should be absolutely yeah and but, he's uh, really funny uh so we may have to do uh uh the fucking movie uh greatest showman uh another reason to join the fan club though there is a fifth episode of jock talk is now live with anthony and Chaz talking more sports stuff and finally the biggest reason listener we this is the sixth episode we've given you this month oh shit. come on talking nerd. six episodes who's giving you six episodes a month when it's a weekly podcast sign up give us your hard-earned coins you won't regret it back to he man <laughs> tell Howard morris what the fuck happened honestly I want to give this over to Adam. All right. Because Adam did a shit ton of research on this, and I would love for him to explain this movie. Kick <laughs> it off, Adam. All right. Well, I, I appreciate it because, yeah, as we talked about before, and I've watched this movie. Honestly, I would say in my lifetime, I've probably seen this movie 30 to 40 times. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. How amazing. are you alive? Because when, <laughs> when I was a kid, again, I when I watched the movie the first time, I remember it being such a disappointment. Yeah. But I convinced myself that it was good because I loved the characters and the storyline yes, so much. You yes, know what I mean? Yes, like, yep, yep, yep. I still remember like there were these toys called Constructs, and like I built a cosmic cube out of it. There's a picture of me holding it. Oh if, shit! I, if I can find it, I will post it to the Jock and nice. Nerd page at some point. But like you know, and I, and it, the top part even spun around. Like, oh it, snap! And and it came out in like in a little flower kind of arrangement and stuff. <laughs> you goddamn nerd! He's like yeah. I'm going to Eternia. <laughs> So, you know, it, yeah, <laughs> I, I, so I, so I look through this with very, you know, veiled eyes in, yeah. in a certain way, but again, so we'll start with the good things about the movie. I think you guys can get on board with this or not, but like Dolph Lundgren, he could not act. Yeah. The guy could barely speak English. He was still like milking that Swedish accent kind of aspect. Um, but he was a pretty picture perfect He-Man. You know what I mean? Like he was six foot four. Ripped to hell. They put him in the cross uh, armor, if you want to call it that. In the, yeah, in the bondage yeah. harness? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That, that, that cross thing that held his sword and then had the little symbol in the middle. And he was wearing basically hot pants <clears throat> with some boots. Lots of skin. Yes. Uh, I mean, thankfully, they didn't put him in the furry hot pants from the cartoon. <laughs> um, but it was pretty close, you know? And I mean, he wasn't a bad pick. Who else would have played him at that time? I don't know. Again, you Schwarzenegger, I guess. With, yeah, but I mean, it's with, already with, a Conan with, ripoff with a bad wig. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But there, I don't think there was anybody else really at the time. I mean, there was a lot of those beefy, like massive dudes at the time. But like, yeah, a- enough money they probably could have gotten Stallone. But again, it would have just been the same fucking voice yep. and yep. just a wig. And Stallone's also five foot like eight. Like, there's no yeah. way that they could pull it off, right? Like that. And that, yet he uh, still made it look like he was able to go toe to toe with fucking uh, Dolph Lundgren. With Dolph, however, yeah, it's a good point. One of the one of the best scenes in Rocky Four, to my in my opinion, is when they come nose to nose and that before they start punching each other. Mm-hmm. Before b- before uh, Drago literally punches Rocky in the face without him blocking three thousand times, <laughs> uh, and 
Stallone's looking at his nipples, essentially, in that scene. Like, it, and he looks up at him and says, like, wow, holy fuck. Like, so anyway, Dolph Lundgren was, I think, what was a great choice. However, as we'll get into in a minute, like, there was the idea was to overdub his lines. Oh, com- later, really? Completely. Mm. The director had that idea in his, in his mind. However, they ran out of money. And somehow in Lundgren's mm, contract, yeah. he worked in that he had three tries. <laughs> To record the vocals. Oh, to ADR it later. Before they had to hire somebody else. So and what do you think he had? He nailed it on the third try. I bet you they got all three <laughs> tries in. Yes, yes. I, I, I'd be willing to bet that it was the first shot because they ran out of money, right? Like it's, uh, uh, but anyway. But <laughs> or the other or g- they, did, they did everything the first time. They got like halfway through time two. Yeah, and they were like, like, "All right, we could only put about fifty percent of his lines from the second try in, and that didn't even matter because he has very few lines in this movie. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't really talk that. And that and that was not the original plan. That was just the director being like, "Okay, this guy can't fucking speak (laughs) English, and we need to cut this down." Where's Langella? Action, Julie. Do you know where the key is? Okay, that was great. It's about about this big. It's got flashy lights on it. I love love the fact that because he he barely knew English, and like one of the first movies he did in America was Rocky, his American accent (laughs) Mm -hmm. is Stallone. That's yeah. actually a good fucking point. He learned English <laughs> from Stallone. Oh, That's shit. the problem with the Dolph Lundgren. Well, apparently Stallone did help like mentor him when he first came onto the action scene. Like mm. he was part of his his anyway edification in the movie. But uh, the other things I think I thought I think were good were Skeletor. Uh, obviously, Frank Langella fucking leaned into that role. No, I think uh, he did a great yeah. job. He was great. Oh, that shit! And yeah. every scene that he was in, you literally felt like he was a, a was a. A, a malevolent character that was trying to harm somebody. Like he, he, he had that feeling about him. Evil Lynn, uh, the lady that played her. I think she did a great job too. Uh, although she had nothing to do. Yeah, they, she, they, that, she that'll, come, that'll come up again when we get to yeah. a little bit further on here. Uh, and the guy that played Blade, which even though he wasn't a comic book character or a cartoon character, he actually was kind of a cool villain. Unfortunately, again, apparently at some point he just fell into a pit. In that uh, finale, well, how did he die? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he, uh, yeah. He, he was he was fighting um, He Man and uh, somebody else, and I think he gets thrown, and he just kind of like slides across the floor into the bottomless pit, and oh, falls right. into the bottomless pit. So like the two, he major, got Boba He got Boba Fetted in the silence. <laughs> so the yeah. two, the two major villains literally just fell into a hole. I guess they finished the movie. I like the fact that they didn't they didn't bother with the secret identity with Prince Adam and stuff because in this movie there was no place for that. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, I don't know how you would have worked that in in this to the runtime. Yeah, you need to. It needs to be like multiple movies for you to work that kind of stuff into it. We only got. Like, we only got an hour and twenty minutes, guys. We got to wrap <laughs> it up here. That's, yeah. But you. Uh, I mean, again, as you said, like there was only a, a minute of exposition at the start, right? Where they were oh, like, yeah. <laughs> where they were like, okay, there's a bad guy, a good guy. There's a castle that has all this power, and blah blah blah. Go. All right, so we're on another planet. It's an alien planet. There's a war going on. This guy's the good guy. That guy's the bad guy. But the bad guy won. He has the castle. And now we watch. And none of it's interesting. But I, do, but I do think, again, the costumes for He-Man, Skeletor, a lot of the bad guys were amazing. Like, they, they did a good job for the time. Uh, one of my favorite little tidbits about Frank Langella playing Skeletor, the reason he took that role yeah. was because at the time he had a son who was like yep. four or five years old yep. and Skeletor, was a yeah. huge He-Man fan. Yep, yep. It was like, 
just, you know, I love He-Man and I love, you know, Skeletor and everything. He's like, oh, well, they want me to play Skeletor. And the kid was like so excited. He goes, all right, I'm going to go be this villain so that my child will like it. And he fucking brought it. And he still yeah, loves, he was great. He still loves this role. He said it's still one of my favorite roles. I would too. Yeah, dude, dude, no, this he, movie oh, is oh, a yeah, fucking dumpster it. fire. But God damn it, if he is not watchable, he had a great awesome, time. Man. I put yeah. this in the notes, but he he quotes Richard the Third like a Shakespearean. Oh shit! You know, yeah. point at one point where he's like, "I'm not in a forgiving vein." Right before he fucking zaps Sorod. Oh that's, shit! That's, that's wow. a line. From, that's a line from Shakespeare because he There's played a Shakespeare because he, fucking... <laughs> he played Richard the Third on stage. Yeah, the line the line was just give us another chance, and he whips around and goes, "I am not no. in a giving <laughs> mood today." Yeah, yeah. that's good. so great. And it's, you know, you don't expect to see Honestly, a fucking that's the word reference. I was grasping for. He was Shakespearean. And I mean, brought way more dimension than the Skeletor on the cartoon. Like, that's, the one thing this movie does is uh, fleshes yeah, out he's, Skeletor he's really not, well. He's not a bumbling jackass. He's exactly. just, I am not nice. Yes. <laughs> he and man the, it, will be mine. In the, in the cartoon, everybody is always trying to fuck Skeletor over. And, yeah. he doesn't, and he doesn't realize it. In this one, he immediately realizes that Evil Inn is trying to fuck him over. And he's like, yeah, fuck you. You're going to yeah. go get into this. And Skeletor die, is an die. idiot in the cartoon. See, the thing is, it's what I. this is my theory on why the cartoon was the way it was and we're going on off topic but i thought of it now but uh the cartoon the figures and all that stuff were so scary or like you know so dark and like uh almost satanic they had to laugh it up oh, yeah, they, they, they had to they had the, the cartoon had to like be ridiculously weird so people would, the parents wouldn't think it was like satanic or something well it was also still at the end of the like the comic code kind of authority kind of era where like they weren't allowed to kill people they weren't allowed yeah. to do this they weren't allowed they to, had that. to be a moral in every fucking cartoon and shit so when you watch that he-man cartoon he never hits anybody with his sword oh really he's, yeah he no no oh, he's, <laughs> he's not allowed to he can, he can he can he can only punch or throw people so so he's not allowed so the giant power sword that he uses to get his power never uses it. he's not he, he only uses it to deflect laser beams or <laughs> hit to become vehicles. he-man yeah. Um, but that's it. Like he's not allowed to use it. So uh, actually, that went all the way off into like the mid nineties. Yeah. Because it's the reason why the GI Joes only ever shot lasers at each other. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. the reason why uh, they were allowed to use weapons in Thundercats because no one was a human. Mm. Well, GI Joe, GI Joe, the movie blew me away. Yeah. Because because people actually died in that movie. You saw. Yep. You and, saw. You exactly saw, with uh, Transformers too. You, you saw yep. you saw Cobra people dragging the dead people off the field and shit at one point in that GI Joe movie, and yeah. Duke and Duke dies. And they fucking killed Duke. Uh, that was crazy. And it yeah, goes yeah. it goes all the way up to the second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie where they can't where they would not let Michelangelo use his nunchucks He's using salamis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? They, he has them. He never uses he them never once uses in the them. movie because never. they said we don't That's want to violent. give kids the idea it's okay to hit people with nunchucks. What but the he, fuck? But he, so, but he uses salamis as nunchucks in that movie. It's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. It's uh anyway. Um uh, <laughs> But back to the good things again. So, comic writer John Byrne, who's somebody we all should probably know, I would think he's absolutely yeah. Uh, he said the Master of the Universe was the best New Gods movie he's ever seen, and that blew me away because he was like, "Yeah, yeah, Skeletor is Dark Side, Gwildor is Metron." Like he he elaborated the way that it was all connected, and the director at one point was like, "Wow, I'm he glad, got so- it. yeah, I think I'm glad somebody put it together." But honestly, I think it might have been one of those after. The fact things. No, <laughs> like, it wasn't. 
It yeah, makes so. sense. Goddard yeah. actually went yeah. on on uh, record yep. down the line. Uh, he he wrote an opening to uh, the Next Men. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the books for that. John where he Burns had, book. He yeah. had said that when he made Masters of the Universe. I have actually the quote. He said, the storyline was greatly inspired by the classic Fantastic Four Doctor Doom epics, the new gods, and a bit of Thor thrown yeah. in here and there. Which yeah. makes a lot of sense. Like, it I mean, makes it, a lot of sense. Which it's, means he made a movie based on four other comics that are not the comic he made the movie of. <laughs> and also stories and comics that were much better than the story that he told. Yeah. The whole He-Man story is, you know, them stealing shit from other places, but like that has potential to be a really powerful story there uh, and, in, in those inspirations. And well, even the opening of this movie, the first 15 minutes when I first started watching it, I said to myself, holy shit, am I actually going to like this movie? Yeah. Because it is it is Flash Gordon. Yeah, it is awesome. straight up just yeah. serial adventure, and it's yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, and then we get to Earth. Yeah, and it all that falls first, apart. That first 10 minutes. Like, so, again, I know, Rug Boy, you shot on the uh, on that view of Castle Grayskull, like the rotoscope or whatever they did there. And, again, it, it, it was a bit cheesy, but, like, that kind of overview where they zoom, they panned over to Castle Grayskull, and you see over the sorceress's shoulder, yeah. and she's looking out. Like, to me, that was like, oh, my God, they're going to do it. <laughs> they got this, is this. this is amazing and you can see the lightning in the backgrounds and like it was going to be this badass like epic kind of movie and then it just cuts into Skeletor in the in the throne room and that's a pretty good scene but one of the best scenes in the movie is where he comes in and he's like you know giving his exposition and like I'm going to take down He-Man blah 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 and, and exactly as soon as you jump into <laughs> into Earth uh, Skeletor God. is like a dark side. <laughs> he would be a cool dark side. That fucking this fucking Skeletor. Yeah, I think the most important, most interesting things about He Man and Eternia and everything, like they they just it, it just made it a movie that was like a by the numbers movie. Like yeah. we need that we have this thing. Everybody needs this thing, and then we need we need to get this thing, and then we get it. There wasn't any, all the stuff. I mean, that's in every movie. Like a MacGuffin chase. That's Ant Man and the Wasp is the For same sure. fucking it's movie. Like every it's like every movie. So the thing that He Man and Masters of the Universe really has there is some of that mythology and building that the mystery of C- Castle Grayskull, and the sorcery, and all that. Stuff. So I feel like you know when I watch this movie, I feel like a huge disappointment in that 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 wasn't explored at all. And oh, of course. So and that that all boils down to being in the eighties. It is it is the fact that you have these. Um, these properties that as far as they know are aimed at kids. Right. And so their immediate reaction is, well, because it's, it's media that's created for children. We don't have to take it seriously and we don't have to care about it. So we can just use the name and the characters and do whatever the fuck we want. Cause little kids will bug their parents to go to the movie and we will make money. And that's why you got the Super Mario Brothers. And, there, exactly. and that a was also that, that was also why this movie became a lesson, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It, didn't, it just was not good enough. Like, we I saw it in the theater, but like none of my friends saw it in the theater. I remember that very specifically. You know, now, you know, like, it, Adam, it, yeah, Adam, I beg of you, talk to us about the final battle and why. Oh, good God, man! <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the whole cartoon, the whole action figure comic book, everything builds towards some kind of confrontation between He-Man and Skeletor, right? And He-Man always dummies Skeletor because Skeletor is insufficient to even come close to He-Man's power. So when this movie suddenly 
<laughs> lightening the power of the god into Skeletor. I was like, fucking yes. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> we, we, we got this. The rest of this movie has not made any sense to me. <laughs> like, nobody I know or anything is in this. But He-Man's going to kick ass here. And again, that opening strike where He-Man and Skeletor clash sword to yep, staff. Yep, yep. And then they, there's the big explosion of light. I was like, oh my God, yes. That's the moment. I'm in. <laughs> and then it just turns into that slow motion weird battle again that's happened throughout the movie because I don't really understand. Like Dolph Lundgren, again, in every scene, he's wielding this massive sword, which is clearly like must weigh like 60 pounds. Right. And he's swinging it. And it's so slow. <laughs> but uh, see, the thing is, look, when they did Conan the Barbarian, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like John Millius made Arnold Schwarzenegger practice with a sword yeah. and practice kata yep. and like and like it's, kendo. It's why you see those moments where he's out in the desert just doing just the sword it, movements, yeah, which, which which looks badass. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Like, because and, they made they him do that for he months. He had to learn that. Shit. Yes, yeah. So they didn't do any of this shit. <laughs> this shit was slapped also, together. Yeah, so, and, so yeah. Uh, but again, the reason at this last scene was. The way it was was because the movie ran out of money. Yeah, three days before filming ended. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. So they, so they literally were like, "We're not going to film this scene." And the director was like, "Wait, wait this is the climactic <laughs> scene of the entire movie. <laughs> we got Frank Langella in a fucking Skeletor Gold costume. Yeah. <laughs> this, this takes eight hours to put on. We've oh, already but- spritzed off Lundgren with all the oil. Yeah. <laughs> What's we're, going we're on here? We're out of oil. We have to roll now. <laughs> this is the only shot and they, we have. They literally canceled it, and they were like, no, make do with what you can. Somehow the director convinced them to come back. But wow. There was like, but there was a complete skeleton crew of people. There was like if you look in the background of that scene, there's nobody because it, it's all that it, it goes it's, black. It's all pitch black around them because there's nobody there. That's <laughs> why they put them in the. Here's disco. my theory. Wow. But like, but but again, as a, uh, let me finish my thought here. Yeah, as sure. A child, again, like that 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 initial like strike where the the, the sparks fly That's off. That's the like, he- oh my god. That's the He-Man moment. And then. It's just like a half-ass slow little ting, 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 ting. <laughs> it's the worst fight ever. And then he crushes the staff in the middle, like, pretty quickly. Skeletor becomes Skeletor again. And he's like, surrender, Skeletor. I've got you now. <laughs> and if, obviously Skeletor's not going to surrender. He starts pulling out his sword. And then, again, He-Man turns a- He knocks the sword out of He-Man's hand. He-Man gets the sword, turns around. And Skeletor literally falls over. trips over his own <laughs> robe and falls backwards <laughs> into the hole. And I was just like... He's supposed to be the fucking most evil person in the universe. Like, and he was just a god. And yet he just he tri- the trips over his own feet. Yeah. And it turns and, out Skeletor and, and was always a bumbling idiot. <laughs> yes. But anyway, so that was... That, yeah, I'll that was get my, you, He-Man! But my, again, because, because they literally ran out of money, and the, the $5 million that they had put in to boost the, the budget to $22 million, apparently they had partially used for Superman Returns and yada, yada, yada. Oh, shit. Uh, so there was no extra money involved so they were just they filmed that for like thousands of dollars whatever they could get and wow. just and just did it as quickly as they could wow and that and was it that. shows yeah my theory for the final fight is this i don't think they convinced anybody to come back i think they snuck onto the set because it was still constructed yeah they got Frank into the into the makeup. So that's still Frank. They brought in or a stuntman even if yeah, they had yeah, to. Yeah. 
They brought in Dolph because it's not like Dolph is not going to do this. He's this is his second movie. But actually, it's an interesting point to note. It's not it's not Frank Langella in Skeletor armor in that last scene. It's oh. the guy. It's the guy that played Blade. Yeah, because he, he's, he's a stuntman. Stunt yeah, he's a actually man. he's a weapons master. He's a, he's a sword fighter. That's what he so like did. Shit, and it still came out like that. Jesus so they Christ! In, <laughs> they bring in <laughs> they bring in the stunt coordinator. They bring in Dolph. They bring in like a guy to run a camera. Yeah. And they bring in the director. Yeah. At which point they possibly like steal a couple of lights out of somebody's basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Set them up in the background and we're like, we've got about 45 minutes until security knows we're here. I got two lights and a camera. Walk in, let's film it. <laughs> yeah. That's more or less what it was. Like Canon Films was in like receivership at that point, I think. Jesus. So like they were they were like uh, done. Uh, um, I also love the fact that because they made Superman four. That a hundred percent explains why the main theme song to this movie is the worst ripoff of the Superman theme I've ever heard in my life. And sounds nothing like the and the credits too. Yeah, it doesn't sound like He Man. Like it's just like, but but the the original He Man theme wouldn't have fit this very well. He Man, it was very upbeat. Like this was very dark. Yeah, it's like here's the thing that boggles my mind. Like what the fuck did they spend twenty two million yeah, dollars? Yeah, that's a very good point, man. Twenty two million dollars. Dolph took it. Like I said, I mean, like, like I said, look, and Superman. I, Superman cost fifty million dollars to make the first Superman, oh, really? right? Okay, in the seventies, yeah. right? They had to make a guy fly on green screen. Yeah. All and I mean, wire work. Yeah, they had to like you know create miniatures and have him lift things up. They had to create Krypton and they had all to these destroy cri- Krypton. So, yeah. So, yeah. All, so all of Superman four apparently cost like sixteen to seventeen million. Wow! And they had people flying around. They had people on the moon. They had this and that. In in your the right moon rug, set you, was horrible. Though, you're totally too. right, rug boy. Though. Like where the fuck did the money go for this movie? Where, right? I, <laughs> I have an idea for that as well. Cocaine and bear with me. Yeah, yeah cocaine. And, <laughs> damn it! All right, I was gonna say I was just gonna make a snorting sound in the microphone, but never mind. You guys, you guys already guessed. It. <laughs> Give me another line. They spent it on oil. Yeah, <laughs> the fucking but, grease uh, up Lundgren. I mean, how, how much do you think? Like, uh, they had like maybe like. Uh, Six characters that were highly make with makeup and effects. Yeah, a lot of prosthetics. Really cool? no. that, they had to build million? that entire throne room set. But the, yeah, yeah, but that was kind of cheesy. If you look closely, it's just like uh, plywood with like a texture put oh, over absolutely. it. Absolutely, like that's not a very well built set. But like apparently that that Castle Grayskull, like the, that throne room set, cost them forty million dollars to build. So that's where a what? lot of the oh Jesus. Oh, sorry, is that right? I mean, that's no, not right. that's million? more than the whole movie. That's more than the whole Actually, movie. Yeah, that doesn't cost. make sense. Sorry, <laughs> take that back. Probably four but, million. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah but, it, but yeah. it was it, at the time it was the most expensive set they had built in forty years. I'm sorry, that's where I got the number from. Oh, Cannon, Cannon's uh, most expensive set because again, the entire movie was set in that throne room because they couldn't take it out of there. They should have just saw, shot it on location somewhere, gone to like some. Uh, Crazy like uh, Byzantine, yeah, some rocky terrain, place in Honestly, Istanbul yeah, or something. Yeah. Honestly, or, again, like, He Man was always set in, in random forest environments, random yeah, desert, random environments. desert. Yeah, like, yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, I was, gonna, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say, go, go, fucking George Lucas on it and just film in like the Goji Desert, right? Oh yeah, or like Morocco or uh, some fucking place. And apparently, again, apparently, Gwildor. The reason there's a Gwildor and not an Orko is because they couldn't afford to float. A character, yeah. Like, they wanted to have Orko in there because Orko was like the kid favorite, right? Orko right? was great. He was, I don't know what he was. He no, was no, just a hollow thing. Nobody, nobody did. He yeah, was, what he the was, fuck he, he was, was Orko? 
He was, was eyes it? with a hat on it. Yeah. Yeah, but it would have been kind of interesting to see them try to do that, but like they they couldn't afford the the uh, CGI, and also that's why Battlecat's not there either. Man, Battlecat uh, would have been great. I wish again, I saw more again, people from the again, cartoon. You couldn't have Battlecat in the movie as it is if, without if, explaining. If, if yeah. it's on Eternia, that makes yeah. sense. But yeah. you can't you can't just have He Man riding Battlecat around fucking Cleveland or whatever it was. I would have watched that. <laughs> that would have been great. Uh, clearly, the budgets were not there for this thing, and that's largely and it's canon. I also read about the the post credit scene, which was like real early for post credits. There was going to be a sequel. But then it all fell flat, and they ended up using the sets for uh, Van Damme Cyborg movie, which also looks like shit. Which is a horrible movie. God damn! I, it, I was gonna, it was going to be He Man Cyborg was going to be the ne- the next movie. I love Van, Van Damme in that period because that yeah. was just post Bloodsport as well. Yeah, but that Cyborg movie is just dog shit. Holy god! Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> yeah that is a that's a classic B movie. Well, wasn't uh, like, it? Wasn't it Cyborg? Was basically them trying to redo like Universal Soldier, or was that yeah. after that? No, yeah. Universal Soldier was much later. Oh, Universal, okay. Universal Soldier was like the late nineties. With uh, Angelina Jolie, and that's her, uh, you know, that's her first big movie. Oh, really? Oh, geez. Well, yeah, Cyborg 2. Oh, yeah, Universal Cyborg Soldier was like 95. Yeah yeah, 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 that was later. But the, like, the original script for this movie, like, had everything that we wanted to see in it. You know, it had, it had Battle Cat, it had Orko, it had a bunch of other, like, like Trapjaw and all these other characters in it. And they were just like, yeah, no, we can't do that. So we're just going to toss it all and invent these random characters. Again, I, I still don't understand. The main thing for me is why they invented these, like the evil guys. Yeah. So, so other than Beast Man, the yeah. other three were new. They're yeah, they, yeah. Those yeah. are all no Evil Lynn and Beast Man were legit. Evil Lynn, yeah. Evil Lynn, okay, yeah. And and Beast Evil Lynn was amazing. And again, yeah. a, a fun note to this is the the lady that played her. I forget what her name is right Meg now. Meg Foster. Uh, she said afterwards that she suffered like vagina trauma. <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> what? 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 She suffered pussy trauma from okay. the costume because it was oh, so was tight. that tight, and there was so much plastic and like and shit involved in it that if she tried to bend over or sit down, it would like oh, smash oh. into her crotch. Oh, 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 oh. So she was like, "The reason my posture is so good in that movie and I look so fantastic <laughs> is that babe. if I moved, it would like traumatize my vagina." That's <laughs> your he man. <laughs> and the guy that played Beast Man could barely breathe in the, in the prosthetics. Yeah. Uh, the guy that played Gwildor, his face didn't move. No, none of the lips moved. Uh, no, actually, the, the Beast Man thing, it just reminds me of all the stories coming out of uh, the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, yeah. The guys in the turtle suits kept fucking passing out. Well, yeah, absolutely. They very, see very, anything. I think it's very similar. They had to stuff straws into his nose so he could breathe oh, at certain Jesus. points and stuff. But yeah, anyway, but it, but it's interesting that that was the this was the biggest budget movie these guys could muster together, and I mean they had a legit amount of money. Yeah, that's the thing that's that a, I can't, that is a good uh, even in the eighties that's a like good a, uh, budget. A a good director and a good writer could have written their way into a way better movie. Yes. Well, was an interesting little quote that I found, and this is in the show notes too, is Christopher Reeve at one point said like, yeah, there's a reason Superman four sucks. He's like they had thirty projects in development at the time. 30 canon, yeah, that's canon. While, while it was like in the process of going bankrupt, they were just trying to develop everything they could. Let's try just and shit all this out. Before. Yeah, I think that if you watch that documentary, you see that the guys just say like they made the deal with absolutely no intention of like or no planning or anything. They just said, let's make the deal. Let's get the, the financing. Let's go. And then 
they worried about everything later. They just hashed everything yeah, together. That's a great follow up to this episode. Is that documentary? I can't. Yeah, and wait the last, to watch that. One of the last factors that I think may have may have contributed to the downfall of this movie is that apparently Dolph Lundgren had significant creative input. Oh <laughs> Jesus! Why are you letting Dolph make fucking decisions? I was just saying, what if like uh, you know when we fight though, maybe I don't know, I hit you with my sword. Uh, yeah, Dolph, that's the whole fucking point, buddy. So can we uh, can we set like a a bar for like what has come out up until this time? So we're at 1987. Was that Back to the Future already out? Back to the yeah, Future yeah. was out, yeah. Back to the Future was already out. That was, Howard was the it. Duck uh, was out a year before. So Star yeah, Wars. That's, that's all, yeah, all three yeah. Star Wars Superman. movies. Oh, I see Star Wars. Yeah, so like Superman. So the, yeah. in terms of the hoverboard kind of sequences. Indiana Jones. Yeah. In terms yeah. of the hoverboard sequences, we're looking at Return of the Jedi, I guess, as like the nearest kind of comparison. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the speeders. Uh, yeah. Because uh, Back the, to the Future 2 wasn't until 89. And so right. it was like the the rotoscoping kind of whatever they were doing, but like it, it was just again they, they clearly had no budget, so they zoomed right in on Lundgren's face and his chest when he was like dodging dodging around. Like there was just these oh, moments of him together. moving around. Like uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids had way better effects than that. You know what I mean? Like so, like Aliens cost less than this. Wow. And and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark cost less. Yeah, than this. yeah, I've no doubt. Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, so, I mean, Spielberg two, knows how to use money. This I guy. I mean, you got like Aliens, which is like prosthetics, yeah. which is it's uh, all built sets. Yeah. yeah and the, and sets. the suits and shit. Yeah. Uh, you know, creating a whole, you know, universe that doesn't exist. They had to make the little alien puppet that comes out of the stomach, all that shit. Yeah. So, like, clearly, the, this, this funding. Mismanaged budgeting on, mismanaged. on this movie. This is why probably this Goddard guy never made another fucking well, you know, movie. Yeah, you know, the, the fact that they literally shut it down before the final scene was over. That's, that's <laughs> you know, I, like, no, I thought that there was some reason why. Like I thought they shot the movie and they had to reshoot the movie. That's the only reason that no, no. Like, the Han Solo thing, where they shot a lot of the movie and then they had to reshoot it for and some reason. And then they were reason. like, we that's can't reason. use this. <laughs> that's the only reason I would think they would run out of money like that. No, yeah, like, they yeah, shot yeah, it twice. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently they didn't even film that last scene and they were like, cut it off. <laughs> like, out of make money. do with what you have. Like, what the fuck Christ. are you supposed to do as a director in that situation, right? Like, Also, wow. fun fact, two months before this, Predator released oh, shit. on a budget wow. of fifteen million dollars. There you go. And Schwarzenegger was a huge star yeah, at the time. Yeah. And in that movie, yeah, this was his prime. Yeah, Carl Weathers was in that fucking movie. Like you so know, you have all this competition. On. This movie is not doesn't have a chance. Just a big wash. I just I, I just don't understand when I saw that. Like the biggest surprise to me after I watched this movie is I went and looked up the budget. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah. I thought this movie was like twelve million dollars. Well, they could have done, done yeah. so much more for what they had. Obviously, right? Like it's uh, again, it's he, that he, thing he, where you have too much money in it. You know, it's better if you have a smaller budget because you got to force yourself to be more creative. And they maybe just had so much that they didn't budget this thing properly. So, so <laughs> why is it you guys need more money? Because I can't think <laughs> if I'm I, not eating just <laughs> ham brought in from California. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, one of, one of my favorite things about this entire research process was the fact that Lundgren somehow maneuvered himself, creative control, where he was like, I have three cuts to make my vocal cuts for the movie. That's all he was worried about. Um, and I have some kind of creative input on the final cut. I can because, only because, assume. Because like they, the, apparently the director has been quoted as saying, 
as soon as I heard Dolph get, deliver his like first few lines, I knew I needed to hire an actor. <laughs> they, oh, would, they would actually deliver these. Jeez. And I, then and then they ran out of money and they ran out of time because Lundgren was like, no, no, I can do it. Just let me record another one. <laughs> so they were like, all right, fuck it. Let's go with the first ones. I could only Doesn't assume matter. he was like, look, just give me three tries. And they were just like, yeah, dude, you're going to blow all three of them. We'll let you fucking sign that contract, whatever. <laughs> and then they were like, yeah, we don't have money for another guy. You're going with him. He's like, fuck. Uh, Shit. <laughs> so, they, so I think that's why they cut around all of his scenes so hard, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's weird editing. <laughs> you know I mean? A lot like, of weird editing. He just comes again. Like the scene where he's talking to Julie, he's like, "It's like this big. It's got flashy lights on it." <laughs> there had to have been, there had to have been a moment where, like, there is a full exposition scene where He Man is explaining like Eternia oh, oh, and the God. war and Skeletor, and, and there's like, "No, out. fucking yeah. get rid of all of it. I'm not <laughs> listening to him." That's where the money went. Wasted foot. On fucking Dolph's takes, so they put in fucking news. Twenty million though, Imran. Twenty million in ways to take. Get away! But hey, oh my god, it, it launched Kevin Corrigan's career into, into Star Trek Voyager at least, and there we you got go. we got Courtney Cox and all this shit out of it. Yeah. But, uh, well, she went to New Jersey to be with. Bruce Springsteen and, <laughs> yeah, no, that, and dance on yeah, stage. That was him. before. She did that before. She hadn't done a lot, but yeah, she went to dance. Or she went to go work at the uh, Bada Bing. So as all things in Hollywood, you know, they can't let a good idea die. Nobody has a real original idea anymore. So, hey, let's fucking redo everything we did in the past. They have been trying to reboot slash remake this movie since 2007. Oh, shit. Apparently. Uh, people like John Woo, Mick G, David Goyer were all attached at some point. All those sound terrible. <laughs> yes. Do, so we do have oh. the final and last thing is the Knee Brothers. I know nothing about these guys. No one they, does. They made one movie. They are the directors for awesome. this movie. They've done the same thing. <laughs> it, yeah. It, and it has a release date of December 2019. Uh, it's coming out. Uh, any hope for this movie, guys? <sighs> I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with it, but remember we talked we talked on the show how they may go back and do the thing where Adam and Skeletor are brothers don't in do this brothers. Version. Don't do brothers. No. I, 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 the the original story. Yeah. Skeletor again, it was very highly highly teased that Skeletor was He-Man's uncle. So he was King Randor's brother. Uh, oh, his, his, his weird yes. skull-faced uncle. Yeah. And that's and that's <laughs> why because Skeletor yeah, again fought Randor, and that's how he got burned and yep, yep. and turned into Skeletor. Yeah, and his nephew was the was the heir apparent to the throne, and he was trying to fight him. Uh, making them brothers is totally Thor, totally Aquaman. Like there's it's, it, it's everything else. Yeah, yeah. It's Game of Thrones. It, but all of this reminds me of like Star Wars meets. Uh, the Joker meets Vader meets Game of Thrones meets uh, Thor. Uh, that's just the nature of Masters of the Universe. But I think that you have to do approach it from Grayskull. I think Grayskull is the key to making it different. Absolutely. All right. Like if you're trying to do a Game of Thrones type thing, then th you know that's going to be Thor. That's going to be what we're talking about with Aquaman. Grayskull needs to be like a character in the movie. Yeah, Grayskull is like gotta be like the source of power or the, well there was a king grayskull in the story that's the whole yeah, point like yeah, is yeah. he he finds the power and that he's the source of everything right that's i would honestly find it interesting if they went with a story that is almost like uh, part indiana jones for a while where like adam has to go find the the sort of power sure. on eternia yeah 
Yeah. And that's that's the whole thing is that he has to go seek out the power in the oh, sword so that yeah, he yeah. can defend Grayskull and become the legendary He-Man. He-Man. Because because Skeletor is making an assault or something like yeah. that. Right? Yeah. Like it's, yeah, that's not right. bad. That's kind of like how uh, the 2002 cartoon is in a way. Yes, that's what I want to speak into that. There is like the sickest He-Man media you are going to find is this Cartoon Network 2002 cartoon. I'll put links in the show notes to the opening. And then uh, Ruggs uh, sent this YouTube clip of Skeletor's origin that's awesome this is a fucking incredible this is how you make a movie make it like this cartoon <laughs> just just make a live action version of that cartoon yes yes, yes. <laughs> i love that skeletor was apparently a dark elf yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it is. well he's, love- a, he's a he's a gar so again it's implied that like he uh, he's the half brother of randor but that means that their father fought some random blue chick at some point that yeah. is totally. That's a good, a, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the exact. It's the exact same thing. He's a. He's a. He's a uh, frost giant instead of you know being part of the Asgardians. I, I mean, but, but there's still. I'm like, into it. But this yeah. was out in 2002, though. Yeah. Before all that, and uh, there's that. there's still a way to put this material on the screen and and have hints of all these things people love. Right was now. that was that the same company that made uh, X Men Evolution? Because it looks like the same art style. The same yeah, art style, it's probably. Similar, it's similar, yeah. yeah. But I think- uh, I, the opening of this is great because it starts with the He-Man narration, like the original, and then Skeletor just like interrupts him and blasts him, and it goes from there. <laughs> like I love the twist on the opening of this. I did, I did enjoy that too. Yeah, for sure. But it, again, it's it's a the story that was based on action figures that you know was based on comic books that people wrote randomly to sell the action figures and then they hired some comic writers that, that invented all these characters did all these things like there's there's a lot of history there it's not that hard to build no. a good story out of it like you just gotta pick and choose instead of instead of just rushing towards the stupid shit you know what i mean like he-man's been malleable since its inception right so like you said like they were trying to get something to market and then they f- tried to figure everything out afterwards um but the thing that is great about it was the appeal of those figures and the idea that a sword and uh, the Skeletor, that design of that, of that thing is in, and, and these beasts versus men and men riding giant green tigers. It was like the world of Frank Frazetta. Yeah, it was like yeah, that fantasy yeah, world yeah, come to life. Yeah. Like, yeah. Basically John Carter of Mars and all that. Stuff. It is well, just a gay man's fantasy. Well, the, <laughs> really the, appeal, the appeal to kids was the fact that Prince Adam was a big pussy. Yeah. Even though he, even in, though he was jacked. Even though he was huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he but did he, wear a pink shirt and a, a, pink over a white shirt wore a and pink purple vest. boots. He wore yeah. a pink vest over yeah. a, a white, white unitard. <laughs> yeah, it's the weirdest with, costume. With purple hot yes. pants. Well, I mean, <laughs> hey, man. Uh, you know, boots. Bruce, Bruce Wayne is yeah. a total pushover, so. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I, but I, think, I think what they need to do, personally, is embrace the Taika Waititi, like, Thor Ragnarok world. Yes, yes. Oh, my and, God, Thor Ragnarok, yes. would, that's a great He-Man movie right and there. Actually, Almost there. And actually, to be honest, like, the, the, the director, again, cited Jack Kirby at yeah. multiple points. Yep, as, yep. Uh, in In Gwildor's little workshop. Yeah. Was... He said that was his homage to to Jack Kirby, and so and it was a shitty homage, to be honest. Yeah, but like, but he, I mean, he was a fan, and it's interesting <laughs> that, that he but tried. That's what they need to do. It's just like yeah, it's just yeah. a fucking huge, crazy world with a portal that leads to somewhere else, and blah blah blah. And you just you just do that. It's do it. right there to be done. Just like throw it literally, like, it's right there. Don't leave Eternia though. Stay no, there. Absolutely. Stay I was gonna yes. say, so don't even worry about portals. Stay on this goddamn planet and yep. follow that story. No, no, yep. I, I, meant, I meant the portal is more like a. 
they have the opportunity to leave and go elsewhere, but like keep or it they on could Eternia, jump absolutely. around on Eternia or different planets, like, the whole universe. Yeah, I like the idea that magic is kind of more mystical than it is on uh, on uh, Thor's world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, it's just magic. There's where, no science behind it. It's just magic. Yes, yeah. it's just magic, and it doesn't make any kind. There's no like way of explaining it and, and tying it into anything. I decided. I just hope somebody has the balls to do that. Like, yeah, I don't no, know. It's, I mean, the Knee Brothers. Maybe they 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 can nail this, but it's literally it's a low hanging fruit. It's right there to make an awesome movie. Um, speaking of the cartoon and the toys that came out in 1981, the cartoon started in 83. I would highly recommend watching that episode of the toys that made us because they tell you how they bullshitted their way through these pitches for these characters. They were like, Oh, Oh, we got a comic book. You didn't know. And they were like, we have to make a comic book now. Oh yeah. We're going to do a cartoon <laughs> by the way. And then they're like, by the way, we have to make a cartoon. Cause I told them there's going to be a cartoon. Oh my it's God. It pretty much goes along the same lines. How Canon films uh, yes. did their movies. Yeah. I just, had, I, uh, I just had an amazing idea. Oh yeah. What is All right. That? So for, the new He-Man and the Master of the Universe movie. Yeah. yeah. You have an opening event that is very similar to like the midpoint of Black Panther, where it is He-Man fighting against Skeletor. But Skeletor wins and winds up like, you know, kind of throwing He-Man off a cliff or whatever he ends up doing and assumes that this means he has won and he now has Skull. therefore he has the power and he runs Eternia. Yes. And when he discovers that the sword He-Man had is what was holding the power, he realizes he fucked up. And now he's got to go find and him. And now he's got to go fucking find him. That's a pretty good idea. I like that. I like it. Well, originally in the, in the comic book and, and with the figures... Skeletor had half the power sword and He-Man had half the power sword, so they had to yes, combine and the they two would combine to, it to, yes. to give the power of Grayskull. Oh, because that doesn't have connotations. <laughs> you complete the, me. But again, that, that... No, just stick it in. We'll be, we'll be powerful. <laughs> stay, stick it together. We'll hold it together and stick it in. That's the, hold that it together that. and stick it in. You know <laughs> you what's did. cool about that no, 2000... No, higher. Higher. <laughs> You've never done this yet. before, have you? <laughs> in the 2002 clip of Skeletor's origin, his sword comes apart to two swords when he's fighting him i was like and that's that's exactly what yeah, happened that yeah. he, I, I had those original figures that are now worth like thousands of dollars that was the very first run yeah like the first 1981 run of course he managed generated tons of memes and uh a bunch of shit made by mattel i found this uh it's kind of a sad note about mattel after toys r us the toys r us closing down around the nation uh mattel is laying off 2200 jobs this year because they're hurting because Toys R Us is gone uh, and they're struggling in the fourth quarter. So I was like, oh, that sucks. It sucks. Sucks for them. And uh, next note is the Toys That Made Us season three is coming out soon. Here's the toys on that season. They're going to do Power Rangers. Ooh. My Little Pony. See, Power Rangers was after my time, so I don't know. Yeah, Power care. Rangers oh, was after my time. That's what we're in my fucking wheelhouse, baby. <laughs> wrestling? Just one episode about wrestling toys? Yeah, makes sense. I had, then, I had all yeah. those wrestling toys. I had a lot of the stretchy wrestling toys those, also. Those big, those like seven, eight inch rubber like yes, toys? Yep. Yes, yep. yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could fling. And then the last fourth episode, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, nice. Let me that's tell you. That's a great series. That's a, this I love series. It. Yeah. 
even if it's toys that you like that's for girls that you never had, watch the episode. The fucking, fucking Barbie fa- episode the is Barbie amazing. Is great. The Hello Kitty episode is also really good. Like yeah, they're yeah, all it, really good. All the, that entire show, like honestly, the, the He Man episode, there were yeah. there were points where I actually got teary eyed because I was like thinking about my childhood while watching it. You know, like yeah, that was a, that. That's such a great series. I hope yeah, they. I make- was I was I was very very enthralled by the Star Trek episode. The fact that in the Barbie episode, they're talking about basically doing like corporate espionage to Japanese companies because yeah. they wanted to get their doll out first is just mind blowing. Billion, billion dollar industries, though, right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Star but, Trek one, how it just never like really caught on. It's just they couldn't well, figure it out. They could and they kept missing it. They would make the movie and then they'd make the toy the next year and it would alternate. They're like, fuck, we missed the movie year again. What blew me away, though, watching that He-Man episode was that they were at the peak of their popularity when they shifted over to She-Ra. Yeah. You know, like they, they if they had continued with the He-Man concept and made a better, better cartoon and more figures directed at that. Well, you got to imagine somebody was like, what about the girls? We got to get the girls. Well, that's exactly what it was. And now, honestly, I, I didn't dislike She-Ra. I had a She-Ra figure. Uh, and, oh, I, and, I, oh. and I did actually, I was one of those few children that like transitioned for a bit. Because they tied it in, like yeah. again, because He Man would show up in the in the Shira too, and Hordak, who was the or, bad right, guy in the right, Shira in right. the Shira cartoon, was Skeletor's like boss from nice, back in nice the day. Nice tie-in, yeah. So they, so nice so they did tie it in, and that that was what hooked me for a bit. But it wasn't the same, you know what I mean? And it it was a weird trend because instead of continuing both, they just canceled He Man entirely. <laughs> They're like we're gonna pivot we're like, we're to gonna this. move on to this, and it was like, what the fuck uh, are you doing? Okay. Like, well, you got, cr- now correct me if I'm wrong. By the time they moved it over to Shira, that was around the time that like Gem and the holograms and all that yeah, kind of stuff yeah, was coming yeah, off, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and and, and yeah. GI Joe My was hitting it huge. And shit. Yeah, GI mm-hmm. Joe was hitting it huge in Transformers. Uh, honestly, that that was the transition for me. Was once He Man the He Man cartoons died off, GI Joe came into play in like 86 87 yep, somewhere yep, in there yep, yep. and i loved those cartoons so much and transformers was a fucking great cartoon for what it was at the time and he had so gobots I, don't forget about the gobots oh gobots suck balls come on <laughs> <You> <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> i could only afford the gobots the transformers the were, were too expensive i had, I had some gobots too because my parents could afford a lot of the transformers a cassette tape guys no, <laughs> i had leader one and the scooter from the gobots but that but that was <laughs> leader one remember leader one Optimus Prime yeah. and Leader, Leader One. One. It's like what a rip off, like weak rip sauce off. name. And the bad guy was a motorcycle. I forgot his name. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't remember the GoBots because they sucked. They but, were yeah. horrible. But, but dude, Beast Wars. Now Be- let's get into that shit. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, can but- go on and on about our childhood toys. <laughs> Delhauer, Adam Morris. Fantastic, fantastic job. Thank you guys so much. Hopefully, we're gonna see. Uh, Adam, Prince Adam, back on the screen late next year. Apparently, uh, if this thing happens, uh, we'll be back on the screen. If you guys enjoyed this episode, check out all the other eight. What the fuck happens uh, in uh, chronolo- reverse chronological order? No, no, I'm gonna go with the first one first. We, I'm just gonna read the names. You'll find all the links in the show notes. We started with Spider-Man Three, Fantastic Four, 2015. Batman and Robin. Then we got into a little Ryan Reynolds trilogy uh, doing Green Lantern, RIPD, X-Men Origins Wolverine, Ben Affleck's Daredevil, and the last one we did, Howard the Duck. 
And if that's not enough content for you, listener, well, look, I'm going to give you a free month of Stitcher Premium right here. Go to Stitcher.com slash premium. Use the promo code nerd. This is good through September 2018. And now you have hours of a fucking audio. I, uh, you if have you no haven't already, if you get if you go do that, which a go do that. Yes. B download all 10 episodes of Wolverine the Long Night. Geek it's very good, isn't it? Did you that, like it? That shit was engrossing. You being a part of Cape Swoosh Productions, I thought you would appreciate the fucking sound design that they put into this thing. It's the, incredible. The thing that blew my mind, there was, a, there was a, a, uh, like a thing they did for it that I'll try and touch on really quick that no one has done yet. Is where- it the audio flashback? Well, no, they did that. They did that. That was really cool. The way that yeah. they did it, though, is the way that they would record it. They would legitimately yes. sit the actors in a room and have yeah. them act out the scene. Yeah. And have the microphones in there just recording the audio of it. And they would oh, go on location to like uh. the forest to get the guy rolling around. Some of these things were on location. Yeah, they pretty much set it up like a play and then just recorded that. That's crazy. And it works really well, though. Actually, I want to drop one more piece of geek information Do here. That. In the original comic books yeah. and the original cartoon, Bruce Tim and Paul Dini, who are the masters of uh, Batman, the animated series, yeah. which we all love, they were heavily involved in the original development of those comic books and oh, the cartoon. Shit. Well, Michael J. Straczynski is the guy who came up with She-Ra. Oh, really? Yeah. I know in the comics, they had some pretty good talent working on the art also, I believe. Like, they were pretty good comic books. Like. Get get Bruce Tim and Paul Dini involved in this movie. You know That'd be I mean? awesome. Like, That's a great idea. Fucking do Batman animated style He Man. Right <laughs> on, dude. I love these. What the fuck happens? Because I don't have to do any work. You guys did great. We're gonna wrap it up here. I don't have any mailbag. Do you guys have? Do you guys have any thoughts uh, on Shira that they're releasing the new cartoon? Well, well, I saw your uh, your <laughs> your Twitter rant heavily uh, heavily contested uh, shit on Twitter there, rugs. And I, I don't I, like I, to use the word biased, but <laughs> I, I don't. I, but I don't think you're wrong in your in your assessment of the entire thing. Like, I, I, they're they're trying to reinvent Shira as a early teen girl, right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really I'm not going to comment on the necessarily on the on what they're trying to do necessarily. But like it's a different character entirely than what yeah. they were doing with yeah. He-Man. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It, it, why? Why? Why get on? I don't know. I, sorry. I, I lost my train of thought here. <laughs> <But> like <laughs> it's tough to come up with a, a point of view. Well, on this, I'll, right? I'll jump on those tracks for a second. Oh, shit. Yeah, there you go. This is not marketed to me. Yeah. So I don't care. That's a good point too. I mean, are you guys going to watch it? Does it make you want to no, check I, it I out? Really, I don't care. It's yeah. it's whatever. It's you know, young girls will watch it if they enjoy it. Good for them. And that's if they who it's don't. For. Well, whatever. Yeah, it don't matter. Yeah, but what if you had kids? I don't though. <laughs> yeah, but wait, but wouldn't you care? I maybe, but like if it's okay. not if it's not teaching them to like shoot heroin, then whatever. No, but I'm just saying that, like, if you there's a multitude of reasons besides a guy wanting to see tits on a girl, why they would be or or anybody would be concerned about just what they're doing. Now, I'm not concerned to a degree where I'm like adamantly against it. Are they hypersexualizing her character? Is this the problem? No, I just I, just I don't think I, it's, I have not seen anything about this. No, no, so no, I don't no, actually no. Know. As, has nothing to do with that. It's just that um, when I saw the image, I was like, oh. Okay, this is kind of like not the, the 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 image that we've seen prior. They've aged her down, 
But they've aged her down, but they've also given her biceps and broad shoulders. They made so her like, more, that doesn't compute. They made her more it doesn't compute. Right? Like they yeah. made her, I'm like, yeah. it doesn't compute. If you're if you're a, a, a younger girl, you're gonna be thinner and more you know, whatever. You'd be like kind of more skinny. But why are they beefing her up? That does that just seems like she's Shira Warrior Princess. Yeah, so I think that that's weird. I'm assuming that, if, if it makes sense to me, like that when you draw your sword up, like they did in the other He Man, where he's a lo- young kid, and then when he draws the sword, then he gets he's like Shazam, and he's like, yeah. he, then then that makes sense. But there's no explanation. That's what I was trying to like, kind of like figure out what they were doing. I'm not necessarily against it. I'm just like wondering why. Well, no, and we haven't the, seen it. We're judging all yeah. all this off of one yes. fucking image, also. So yes. we don't know. The most I can assume is that they're just trying to play more on the idea of being strong. They can show her as physically being strong instead of having to adhere to just like a certain body type. Sure. Yes. It's the most I could come up with off the fly. I was just like, I was just like, if you're my argument is if if um, you're you have like a tween age girl, a 12 year old, they're not going to have any kind of like any of those features and i um, and, I, and I totally agree the, the 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 way they portrayed her artistically it looks weird unless they've been lifting weights since they were eight yes or like unless she turns into like an adult yes and then if she's an adult yes then you can't say that she's a teenage girl that's um i was just very confused so we don't know. I, she I, made, I, I see the image now i i kind of yeah. get what you're talking about right i we don't know if they'll explain it or not they right. may very well make it that it's very much like he-man that she it's like the sword gives her like fucking yeah. muscles broad shoulders muscles. Yeah. but that's the thing the argument was the the thing that i was calling hypocrisy on is like well if you're saying that she's a young girl then that's not a young girl you know, that if you're saying that, you know, she draws a sword and she becomes an adult and she becomes empowered with like muscles and stuff, then that's something different. But no one's saying that. Like all the arguments were were like, oh, you just want to see tits on this thing. Oh, and yeah. So I I'm get, like, I you, mean. you know, yeah, I, I watched that happen so, on Twitter, Rug Boy, and I, <laughs> I, I, so like, I, I thought about jumping in a couple of times and I was like, no, I'm not going to partake in no, this. Because, like, no, uh, really, because I think what happens is that people don't see like <sighs> the 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 actual argument they just see like let me polarize you yeah. it's and twitter not, not not try and think about what are we looking at well, here? And, and, like, multiple multiple people just just literally said oh you're trying to you want tits on a preteen girl and you're like no 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 like she yeah, should they, look she should look like a teenage girl not like a weird hybrid of yeah like a man and yeah. a child yeah, or whatever yeah. i was gonna say it's as imran put it it's twitter and people it's are going to start a fight. They they just um, need something to fucking focus on. Ultimately, yeah. yeah, the 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 problem boils down to once we find out what they're actually doing with the show, we can right. finally know. If it clarifies it, it yeah. also, then I'm, I'm all on board. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say at the moment though, the problem is is that you are a man commenting on a show aimed at girls. That so is also immediately true. it's it's always going to be seen as but you're going a, to have some ulterior motive. Yeah, he's a puppet commenting. It's not the same thing. He's <laughs> a fucking puppet. Why can't I be curious about something without being an an, an enemy uh internet i don't yeah. know yeah. i can't i, I can't know. give you an answer it's that's gonna actually have a reason honestly those original shira cartoons though were like as much as they were cheesy as hell they were they were geared to be empowering to, to girls yes and she it, was it, an adult and she had a short skirt on yeah yeah and again it was a very super girl costume whatever yeah. but it was yeah. like the it was the mid 80s like everybody yeah. had a, 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 considering the time frame 
Yeah. He was actually very well covered. You know what I mean? And, that's true. But that's the thing. He-Man was buck naked, yeah. basically. <laughs> yes, exactly. <he> was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He-Man was Well, yeah, weird. but that's beefcake. I mean, well, come he, on, Rugby. Okay, yeah. Again, man, furry hot pants in a... In a it's in like a, that doesn't make you feel <laughs> insignificant when the guy has got six-pack abs and shoulders the size of boulders. Oh, no, dude. I've said for the longest time that He-Man was one of the biggest things that gave uh, terrible body issues to boys. Yeah. But we're not, allowed to be, we're not allowed to talk about that. I'm never going to look like that. No. All right, look. Let's wrap it up with some podcast shout-outs and some plugs. I'm going to save. I got some voicemails. I'm saving it for the next episode when Anthony's back. Uh, I got First of all, thanks to Mike and Terry from the Between Two Brothers podcast. I got to uh, talk San Diego Comic-Con with them. It was great to meet them. And it's a lot like Between Two Ferns, only a lot less awkward. So that's a plus. Then it's nothing like Between it's Two an, Ferns. An, uh, that's correct. It's nothing like Between Two How Ferns. How dare you. Uh, Delhauer, uh, give out your plugs. I know you've been a, a couple of places doing some things. What's been going on? Uh, just this week, I got to co-host with TJ on Voice from the Underground podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, love the, I love those guys. Uh, it was a lot of fun. This was yeah. the first time I actually worked with TJ. We had a great time just geeking out about uh, Comic-Con and all the stuff coming out of there. So uh, we had a whole lot of fun. Uh, we proved that we don't need uh, Dutch or Big Haas to have a show. <laughs> no, you guys uh, did fine. I listened to it. It was very good. Uh, and last week, I released episode three of the Ginger Geek Pod, where oh, I talked oh, about shit. Blade Runner and Cyberpunk and why our world is fucked. Yep. It is. Uh, and I am fully prepared, uh, no matter how much I'm going to kick and scream on my way there, to have another episode out by this weekend. So around the time this airs, right on, uh, talking about the Dark Knight, uh, the 10 year anniversary. Yeah. Uh, and a little hint for you. Uh huh. Nobody in that movie is a hero. Mm, that's correct. That is, uh, that's kind of true. Uh, dude, you, uh, great show listener. Definitely subscribe to the Ginger Geek Pod and Voice from the Underground. And where can they find you on the Twitters? Twitters, they can find me personally at Matt Delhauer. Uh, if you don't know how to spell that, you didn't read the title of the episode. Exactly. <laughs> uh, or if they want to check out Ginger Geek Pod, it is at the G-N-G-R Geek Pod because some asshole has the full name as a Twitter account. <laughs> oh, fucking get that guy. I hate that guy. I, I'll give. I'll sell it to you. Oh, you, it's Rugs ahead. Oh, oh, it was the Rug Boy. Uh, Prince Adam. Oh. Thanks for uh, kind of getting this thing going. Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, you can follow me at Adam D. Morris on Twitter. I These days I'm pretty well behaved because I have a bunch of government officials following me and stuff. Oh boy. So, uh, you know. Sounds like fun. It's more. Uh, so no more, more dick pics. <laughs> more related to uh, Arctic science, polar bears. Polar bear like dick that. pics? Is that allowable? Uh, but I, but I, also still, I still share things related to, to comic books and pop culture. And, and my Twitter handle identifies me as the pop culture science guy for your right podcast. On. So. Um. Yeah. Follow me at Adam D. Morris if you want to know about science in the Arctic and and comic books. And, Listen, man, uh, we're lucky to have both you guys uh, as contributors on the show. I love it. Uh, uh Rugs, uh, are you still on the Twitter? Did you delete all your shit? I I deleted a lot of stuff. Did anybody but, find uh, your jokes from ten years ago? And yeah, uh, I don't even know. I couldn't <laughs> even go. For some reason, I tried to go as far as I could, and then it stopped. And then it you can't even feeding scroll me old... back to ten years ago. Yeah. No, it wouldn't let me scroll back to a certain point in time. I only got to like maybe a thousand deep, and then like I got you know whatever. I guess you have to do some kind of like voodoo. Uh, like no, really... immediately that tells me conspiracy. Yeah, something's no, up. I don't know what that's about. Oh, they've locked but that like, away. um, I 
my my decision lately is not to like really get into war after that whole Shira thing. Yeah, I was just like so like oh my god like I really can't come at anything in any kind of objective way without getting ripped. So I'm gonna try and be more clear now. Well, good luck, I'll, Ruggs. I'm gonna be focused on being more clear and less kind of I don't know. Awesome, I mean, you, it, you, it was it was ridiculous. I, I watched that thing happen. I, and again, like I said, I wanted to contribute, but I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna step into this. But like, was, it's hard. But I, I I go down swinging. I don't stop. I was gonna say because like, I mean, recently, Rogue Boy and I were in the part of a conversation talking about uh, the whole James Gunn thing, and yeah, just yeah, basically pointing out so many different people where it's like, yeah. honestly, if you wanted to look into someone's past, I, no one should have a job. Oh, and did, every, I, yeah, and did everyone forget Disney has made some racist cartoons that are out there? Fucking throw out all your Disney shit. <sighs> People forget this. Uh, and really, Rugboy for all that fun stuff on Twitter yeah. for Rugs. And he's in the Facebook group. Good stuff, gang. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd podcast. Subscribe to the show. You never miss a show. Tell a friend. Spread the geekery. Thank you so much. My name is Imran. Oh, I'm Rugboy. <laughs> He's the Rugboy. Anthony was here. Anthony! <laughs> Anthony! Where's Anthony? Anthony, fuck it. We'll see you next time, everyone. Woo-hoo! I really, I really, I really missed that cue. Anthony! <laughs> oh, he's, awesome. he's right here. <laughs> Bro, do you even podcast? Oh, my God. Get nerd. Boom. <laughs>